0: Hey, yeah, 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 yo, this is Gordo. I just had a quick little bit of information for you here. Uh, We recorded this episode number 107 back on June 1st. And uh, you might be asking yourself, if you're paying attention to the numbers in your feed and going like, well, what happened to 106? We kind of went from 105 to 107 here. And uh, what happened is uh, if you watched episode 106 on Facebook Live or any of the streaming platforms, uh, you would have noticed that the audio just was complete dog shit. Uh, so there, we really didn't really feel the need to replicate that experience in purely audio form for you. So if you feel like going back and watching that, you, certainly can, you can certainly do that. Uh, but we are not... Uh, placing that here on your feed uh, just out of respect for your ears. So, um, anyway, with, without further ado, here is number 107 of the MF Podcast featuring Jonathan Snyder of the
1: Lollygags. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can
0: find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com.
1: Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Right before we went on, I just, for the first time ever doing the podcast, I just got this like wave of anxiety. Like I've never gotten that before. You've never gotten that before coming at, coming on the show. I mean, I get I get a little I, bit of anxiety I do every
2: week. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I have that effect on people, so I understand
1: You know. <laughs> yeah, man. Welcome to. Uh, episode 107 of the motherfucking podcast this is of course the official podcast of the international power rock combo motherfucking ruckus from denver and chicago respectively i'm your host darren howell
0: i'm gordo hello
1: yeah and i'm here with gordo and um our guest today is uh the front man and chief songwriter and main driving force band dad behind um the Lollygags, please welcome Mr. Jonathan Snyder to the program. Oh, thank you,
2: Aaron. Thank yeah. you. Great to be here, man.
1: You're basically you're basically the Aaron of the Lollygags, or the Gordo yeah, yeah. of the Lollygags.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that, man. The three of our minds, the head of the, our uh, institutions here coming together. Yeah, you could say that. I, I like that. The Aaron of the Lollygags.
1: I'd like Gordo of the Lollygags better because Gordo. I feel like Gordo is a bit more measured than I am. Like I feel like I feel like Gordo is a little bit, a Are you little trying bit. Trying to make a dick joke about me? No, I just think you're more. I think you're more mentally and emotionally stable than I am.
0: No, I mean I, not that you're a dick, but that you're making a joke about mine. <laughs> I thought it was just a dick joke in general. Measured.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking not of which. Little quick aside about dick jokes. Has anybody been watching the uh, the Jeffrey Epstein series on uh, on Netflix?
0: There's I only so in. there's only so much in, uh, yeah, uh, like horrid shit I can take in. So uh, no, I have not experienced that yet. The Criterion Channel has been my refuge in this shitstorm. Right. Yeah, that's- that's right. I've taken in a
2: lot of a, a lot of stuff. Made sure not to watch it before I went to bed at night, but yeah, I kind of got sucked in. To be honest, I knew very very little about the guy other than he was a slime ball up to some very bad stuff and then oh god, knew more than I wanted to, but I'm going to watch the next episode. I've watched two already.
1: Yeah, I've I've watched a few of them and um and yeah, it's super creepy, super scary stuff, but uh but what I, the reason I mentioned it is because they try and uh they try and shake him with a dick joke because oh, yeah. because the guy's a total narcissist, you know, like and, and a sociopath, so they try and rattle him by making a dick joke. Like they're like, "Is it true that you have an egg-shaped penis?" <laughs> like that's a real so they
0: thing. They are talking about his dick.
1: Well, yeah, th- there's a th- it comes up in the the deposition.
0: It was that lawyer who was like yeah he's
2: in there and he really's like yeah I think he was getting really pissed off with me yeah but he was yeah this guy knew what he was doing okay I got I've seen some of that deposition part I need to get need to get a few more episodes so, in which I'm sure I'll do tonight yeah,
0: yeah. No, no more spoilers okay okay,
2: no. okay. all right know I, I know how to know what it <laughs> it happens um, it's just the it's the uh, the details I didn't know fully right right you know
1: yeah um yeah so you know Gordo before before we got going cuz I mean obviously there's there's a a part of me that feels really bad for you here Jonathan cuz you know we got you on the show to talk about you know stuff related to the lollygags and everything that you guys are working on and then in the interim just the the darkest moment in in memory as far as I'm concerned has happened here in the US like I I mean you know we've been alive I've been alive since 82 I know you've been alive since 82 like we've seen a lot of tragic things happen in this country and in the world and and yet in in the time between we got you booked on the show just like I really do feel Like this is this is the darkest time that I remember. And um and uh and Gordo before before we got on we've been kinda joking about, you know, what do you know, what do three white dudes have to say about the the current situation that is (laughs) that is going to help it all. You know, you know, and and I've been I've been thinking about this a lot and um you know I am in no position to tell black people how they should think, feel, or behave, so I won't even try. But what I have been thinking a lot is about the messaging that we are responsible for conveying to to our people, you know, and that's not just, you know, bleeding heart, liberal, progressive... You know, white allies. That's also our friends who are b- more moderate. Our friends who might be a little right of moderate, and our friends who might be, or, or, or you know, our friends and relatives and acquaintances and and, and colleagues who might be more right leaning. You know, now's the time. I think that we need to talk to our communities and say, look, this this is what we're doing wrong, and this is what we need to start doing, you know, instead. I think that conversation needs to happen in in our communities. And so I just want to come right out the gate and kind of give you guys an opportunity to just kind of d- dump the bucket and just tell me what the last week has has felt like and looked like for you gordo tell me what's immediately on your mind man
0: uh you know i I just kind of feel like you know what i have to say about or my feelings about all this stuff is are kind of you know immaterial in the grand scheme of things you know but um but i just feel like uh it, it is important to speak up and you know and say that you're in support of you know uh black people not getting murdered yeah i mean it
1: seems dogs, like you know? a no-brainer just, right
0: yeah See, it's a very easy simple thing i don't know why it's such a divisive issue i don't like and as far as the protests go people are doing what they feel they need to do to get the attention to this problem that has been going on for decades and decades and decades and decades centuries so, in essence i i feel like you know yeah it's, it's horrifying and it's Unbelievable, but you know. Also, I feel like you know, as white people, we got to learn when to shut the fuck up and and listen to people of color, and um, you know, we got to we got to listen to the black voices in our communities about their day-to-day reality. What what are they experiencing here in Denver? You
1: know. Right. Um. Uh.
0: You know, because it's uh, their their experiences are are what matters here. You know, these people are being you know marginalized every single fucking day.
1: We have no idea from anything other than a, than a, than a spectator's perspective, you know. Even, even if you are an ally, even if, you, even if you support, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, I mean, hopefully you do, you know. I don't see any logical reason why you wouldn't, but, you know, it, it, like, we only know what we hear and see and read about. You know, we have, we don't have any, any more e- e- experiential knowledge than we know about what it is like to be, uh, you know, what it's like to be a bat or, or, you know, or, or from someone from another planet. We just don't know what it's like because we haven't, we haven't grown up that way and we haven't, we haven't lived in, in the black person's skin. Um, exactly and uh all i can say is that i have just been the saddest and angriest and sickest for for mankind that i i ever remember being and um you know i'm i'm of course very like heartbroken over what I saw in that video, I'm heartbroken for the family and loved ones of, of George George Floyd and, and the innumerable other people who have experienced the same uh, racially motivated violence. Um, I'm angry about it. Uh, I'm also sick and sad and angry about the people who are co-opting the protest to go and fuck shit up. Agreed. You know, um, I'm sick, sad, and angry about the way the city of Denver is handling it and the Denver police are handling it. I am sick, sad, and angry about... The sweeping generalizations that people are making about, I mean, I've tried to avoid getting into arguments with people. In fact, I've tried to avoid really putting any content out for the last few days because I don't want to crowd the conversation, you know, and I got sucked into one today, you know, where this guy was asserting that. Black Lives Matter was a, was a racist terrorist organization. Now, fortunately, because I got in there and I argued with him, he recanted his position and apologized. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it served a purpose. But I'm, I'm trying not to crowd the space with the, the more anger and vitriol that is not mine to have. But yeah, I am yeah, sick I think and sick. That's
0: s- what it comes down to mm-hmm. is like having those conversations one on one, you know, with right. With uh, with other white people about about that exact thing.
1: Or even even with black people, but like, you know, like I reached out to Allen individually. You know it wasn't something where I I engaged with him in in an open platform, to to create a a like group conversation out of it. It's like I'm going to reach out to some of the folks that I know. I'm going to reach out and have conversations with people and pledge my support for people, where it's not, you know, it's not making it about myself, you know, and it's not it's not. Making it about creating viral content online. and there there are people who are getting involved in this thing where they're they're co-opting the 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 protests. They're co-opting the movement to further their own agendas. and to and and there's some people that they just want to go watch shit burn or burn shit mm-hmm. themselves, and there's
2: an opportunity to get more likes or friends, whatever, you know, yeah, that's out, really out there too, out there, you know,
1: you know. People, at, people um, with their tear gas selfies, man. It's like, like there, there's got to be a line somewhere between, you know, sharing for visibility and sharing for, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: they call it virtue signaling.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I'm not saying, you know, yeah, it's important to share things, but yeah, that's what I've struggled with too, because it's just like I feel just terrible and not sure how to, you know, entirely ha- what I can do or how to express this. Or you said it's not really necessarily my outrage, but it's like, do I want to share something? Then and my thought, and then we find myself checking it again, just like, ooh, who liked that? And is that right. for me? Or is that because I want to get the word out? But then I know so many people also. Are doing things to get the word out, and they're down there protesting. Some of them risking their lives, and I don't know. All part of that it, is... I guess, social media has done a lot of good during. It, you can't say it's done some good during this spreading the word, but yeah, just be be careful, be responsible with it. Yeah. Or do anything else. I well, and it's, it can re- lead to <laughs>
1: some pretty bad stuff. Well, and it's it's something that we just kind. Of, it, this is another thing too: is the people who are decrying. Crying the, because there is a different, you know, there is a distinction between the rioting and the protesting. You know there there is a, a distinction between the looting and and the peaceful protest element, but the people who are decrying it and going, "What's that going to do? And what's that going to help?" It's like it's like well, what you have to understand is that this is a symptom of this overall structural problem. Like it mm-hmm. it is part and parcel to the whole thing. Like any time that you have a Majorly captivating, globally um, agitating and upsetting thing like that, that that draws people to protest. It is also going to attract bad actors, no matter what, from from both sides. You know, there are going to be there are going to be extremists and anarchists who want to come in and just watch the world burn and fuck shit up and fight cops. And then there are going to be bad cops who want to get in some target practice. And then there's going to be people there with their cameras and and just just broadcasting it to the world. And that's another thing that I'm very sick and sad and angry about is, you know, I'll admit to being a bit of a Pollyanna, mm-hmm. but, you know, I grew up Really believing what I was taught about post-racial America. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, unfortunately, I did the same thing. I mean, I think it's more we hear the term "woke" a lot these days. Right. I think part of that, big part of that, means. Waking up to things. Maybe you felt one way a while ago, but now you're seeing things in a different light. You're seeing it for how it really is, and you're like, oh, that wasn't true. I know it's hard not to feel naive, but I mean, that's also part of being an intelligent person, part of what we're trying to do. We're trying to change opinions. Right. That's a good thing. And it's just like, I agree with you, given like my background as a kid you know when we were all coming up the internet wasn't quite what it was so this stuff was going on at least i'm not sure where you guys are growing up but i never saw it i just wasn't aware of it i just knew what i was told but then as i got in the world a little more started meeting more people then as social media exploded and unfortunately things in recent years and we started seeing this i'm like wow we were not given the whole story
1: and right well it it, and and and, you know and included in that pollyannish perspective is my dad's a cop, and, right. I that. and I love my dad very much, and as far as I'm concerned, my father's a hero. You know, he's, he's thrice-decorated Medal of Honor, Medal of Valor, Distinguished Service Cross. He's He's, you know, helped save people from wrongdoers and bad actors you know he's thwarted bank robberies he's gone into burning bu- he ran into a burning building once because he thought he heard people and went in to save him and as a cop he's supposed to be a first responder and he ran in and it turned in somebody nobody was home during a fire and they left their TV on you know what I mean okay. and he he was awarded for that you know Wow and he a Denver, um, cop? He in Denver yeah he well he's retired now but uh, he was in Denver from from 79 to whenever he retired a few years ago. Before that, he was a Clear Creek County jailer, and before that, he was uh, military police in the Air Force. Wow. And, you know, I don't agree with many of the things that, that, you know, some of my dad's opinions on certain things, um, but I love him, and he's not a monster, you know, He's he the biggest kid when it comes to Christmas and the most excited about it, and he cried the hardest out of any of us when my brother died. Oh, like have seen him at your merch table, man. That guy knows what he's doing. That guy's not messing around. He's a beautiful human being, and he is horrified. A fantastic merch dad. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's the best merch dad there is. And he's, merch dad. <laughs> he's horrified, absolutely horrified by the video. That he saw. I went out. I went and had a picnic with uh, he and my mom and my son and my wife and 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 I'm talking to him about this stuff and he's just like he was just horrified by just how vivid and undeniable and and clear, broad daylight. These these people who are supposed to be sworn protectors. You know the these these people like my dad became a cop to get bad guys. Is yeah. he what?
0: How does he feel about police training? Have you talked to him about that? Have I
1: haven't really talked to him. I, I haven't really talked to him about that, uh, except for you know when my dad was with the department, he regularly had to do in-service training stuff. Um, but I mean, his his the words out of his mouth was like. Those fucking clowns are going to go to prison. He's like, and they deserve That's, to go to prison. That That's seems, what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. that
0: seems, needs to happen like this the time. Likely,
1: I, I would really, really hope the hell so. Yeah, I mean, I don't see, at this point, I don't think the Department of Justice or, or whoever is... What is the state of Minneapolis going to be trying them? Like, who's going to be trying? you know whoever's going to be trying them? because I'm not sure whose jurisdiction that would fall under. I assume the state of Minneapolis the state of Minnesota. but I can't see how they could possibly even consider the idea of any sort of plea deal. like the the, the country's burning to the ground. Like they they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to throw the book at these guys. And my dad, you know, has to sit there while people that he has met through music and met through the world and met through different things that they have done are calling all police murderers, calling all police racists, you know, and and it breaks my heart. The whole thing, the whole situation. Well,
0: nothing, nothing is that simple, though, you know.
1: No, but if you if you just got the information from looking at social media and seeing the slogans that people are throwing up there, you know, you would think well, that it is all right wing, blue lives matter, all lives matter, touting Trump supporters, and then and then that's, Antifa, that's kind of and that's one of
0: the, yeah, that's kind of one of the most disgusting things about social media i mean there's i've seen all kinds of things on social media about these protests and i've seen good things and i've seen really really horrible things but right i, I just what really bothers me is how people just try and hijack these moments you know for for just this mm. like this very narrow view it's like this this is a way bigger problem and way more nuanced and complex you, know. you can't
2: sum it up in a meme. There's no no, no possible way to do that. And I just I've been struggling even like before this COVID thing hit I've been trying to wean myself a little off social media because it's so beneficial we've been we've been contacting each other to get on get this coordinate this podcast through that I found out it made friends at events that way but it's just like we're seeing the amount of disinformation and just how toxic it is it gets you arguing with people you don't need to be arguing with and it's one thing if you can have an exchange like Aaron described with somebody but there's nothing more pointless and I don't care what they said than trying to argue with strangers on like the Washington Post thread or something like that it's just the biggest waste of time and doesn't absolutely it doesn't help anything or add to anything well it also
1: occupies your mind when you're not on it like I'm hanging out with my kid and my wife and I am clearly vexed because I'm having a mental argument with somebody on the fucking internet Who we've never even met, you know? Or or that I have met, and and I know the depth of their, like, you know, I see my fucking uncle post something like an idiot, Mm -hmm. and I'm having a mental argument with him, full well knowing the level of his ignorance, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you know, and, and instead of just going you know, hey, that's his model of the world. There's nothing I can do to change it. I just sit around like formulating arguments to like inflict damage in a fight.
2: Well, I mean, it's not like before social media came around, you, you knew where your uncle stood and you probably may have been opposed to that. But it's the kind of thing like, yeah, because you saw it, an hour ago, now when it's time where you should be present with those you care about the most in real life, your life and kid, it's just like, yeah, just because I just, I'm thinking about this thing, I wouldn't be thinking about otherwise if I hadn't just been scrolling through social media, you know? Right. It's even in a non-political realm, it's the way, like, you see that uh, that girl from high school who dumped you or something, and maybe you're over it, but it's got this subliminal thing in her head,
1: shit, you don't need to be thinking about that you're right. not supposed to be thinking about <laughs> right. it, you know? People didn't, that sort of thing. Wait, wait, well, and then yeah. there's this, there's this other thing too that has been driving me nuts for a long time, but it has come, it has like really reached a boiling part, boiling point, and that is the people who are trying to leverage their social media currency to. Uh, uh, they're they're trying to leverage their social media currency by making a lot of if X then Y statements. Mm. If you don't support X, then you can unfriend me now, or you can fuck off, or you can die, or you're a racist, or you're a terrorist, or you're a piece of shit. The if X, then Y shit has got to fucking go, because that I, does, that is not going to foster a productive conversation.
0: It's not, yeah, it's not really how to have a good, productive conversation, exactly. Like, it's just, that's not going to do much. No.
2: <laughs> and before Facebook, when had anyone ever said that? When have you ever walked into a room of friends and be like, "Okay, everybody, if any of you feel this way, you
0: can all get out of here." It just it doesn't work like that. Right. What's it's that? Did like I that. hear you say you like
1: Green Day? Get the fuck out! <laughs> of. All right,
0: glad you did,
1: man. Right. <laughs> well, now
0: I know where now. you stand.
1: <laughs> well, and I've seen I've seen a lot of people. Like one example is is it becomes this like dichotomy of you're either black lives matter or blue lives matter or like all lives matter right and it's like it's like people come out and they and they suggest that if if you say black lives matter you're making a racist statement okay first of all no uh like okay imagine imagine that This is all of us, okay? This is all people. This is all living things. And then some among us decide to alienate and persecute one group among us because of the color of their skin, their religion, their gender, what have you, right? And then we say, oh, no, 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 no. These people matter too. These people matter too. They are part of us. So we need to together agree that what those among us who have tried to alienate and ostracize them has been saying is not acceptable and we bring these people back into the fold i mean to me black lives matter you might as well be saying black lives matter also and it's fucking important you know so we need to do something about it
2: and maybe to the uh, to those critics the all lives matter people, just tell them, hey, from a marketing standpoint, Black, Black Lives Matter works better than that whole thing you said there. It's not that like we don't like other people. It's like, come on, just to that argue, po- but just to the point that the whole like all lives matter. I always thought it's stupid. I'll put it in metaphor that would work great in this podcast. That's like saying I like Judas Priest, then snapping right back, going, what's wrong with Iron Maiden?
3: Yeah, 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 I'm not yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Saying <laughs> what's wrong with Iron Maiden? I just wanted to say right now, I want to focus on Judas Priest. No one's saying it's just, but it's just such a straw man argument. Nobody. Absolutely. That somebody would really feel so threatened that like, oh, you
1: didn't. So what about my life? huh? Right, right. It's like, it's it's like, we're not saying anything about your life. We're acknowledging that a group of people have been outcast from the entire group and that we need to take action to see that they are acknowledged as being part of the fucking group you know and it, it here's the other thing if you look up the definition of racism it pre it is a presupposition that one group is by virtue inferior or superior to another group okay so for someone to 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 chant Black Lives Matter is not saying that anybody else is, is part of an inferior group or they are a, a superior group. They are fucking crying out for fucking inclusion and to stop being fucking murdered, man. Yeah. Like that yeah. That argument holds no water to me. And it's, it's like I understand... The, the, the perspective of, of what people are saying, but I like I, I talked at the beginning about how like we need to have this conversation with like our community. And I think the main message that I want to send to our community is to put your fucking shield down and stop being so goddamn defensive about everything. You know? It's like nobody's asking you to to like like that by acknowledging your privilege you have to lay it down. You know what I mean? I agree. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to vacate your privilege just by acknowledging it. You still get to keep your stuff. You still get to keep your job. You still keep get to keep the advantages your education has brought you because you had an easier time getting into a college. Just fucking acknowledge it and pay attention and 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 learn a thing or two about systematic oppression. You know.
0: Well, you guys were talking about earlier about like yeah, the the kind of Pollyanna upbringing or whatever, um, however you described <laughs> your, your upbringing there. Um, and what's different about my experience is like I was, I was raised uh, basically being very suspicious of a world that was very judgmental of my living right. situation. And it's been a real, uh, honestly kind of a real miracle to see the the transformation that's occurred in the culture when it comes to, like, LGBTQ stuff.
1: Right, because gay people had no rights when you were growing up.
0: Over the, over the past, you know, like, well, over my entire life span so far, thus far. Um, and then d- remind
2: me what your situation was, sorry.
0: Oh, I just, I, I had two dads growing mm. up, you know. Um, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a Hashtag thing.
1: Hashtag gay dad. Mm. Um, but in Kansas, it was not a... Yeah. It, it not, was
0: not the most popular.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a popular so. thing.
0: So I was definitely brought up with that notion of, like, you know, people are judging you. You know, There you have to beware. You have to understand that, you know, there's going to be issues, you know. Right. Uh, that there's, you know, that there's elements out there that don't want us to exist. That They don't, you know, they don't understand, and therefore they're afraid, and their fear makes them very uh, reactionary to such an idea you know right whereas now that's you you see a lot less of that you know um but it's just you know it's 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 appalling to me how that attitude just in the span of my life has, has changed so much yet we're still in the same fucking situation when it comes to black people and people of color like it just it blows my mind
2: Well, that's the systematic thing. Like we were talking about, where a lot of, or when you're younger or growing up, thinking like, "Oh, we're we're this is post-racist America," which wasn't the case at all. But just to what you said, like when we've come so such a far way, and you see society, personally, we've made long strides with that, but systematically, we're still having a problem. Then, yeah, this is a much more deeply ingrained issue than than we were told for sure. But going back to what you're saying earlier, it's like. That you're so shocked that this is dividing people. You're right. This isn't shouldn't be a divisive issue. I've been saying a lot over these past few years. This isn't about right versus left. This is about right versus wrong. Right. You know. And that's just the reason why someone like your dad, Aaron, who you know might have some differences in opinion from you, he doesn't need. Of course, he's going to see this and know this isn't the right thing to do. That this is wrong. So, it's good to finally see some people who before weren't saying that have finally started to see that. But let's just see if action gets taken for once because i mean we saw when i was in first grade i think i remember when uh rodney rodney king happened it went to trial they just weren't prosecuted and uh we saw what happened in that case that guy didn't even die this time we're talking about countless murders and especially this one of george floyd uh just right on camera there that there's no denying it it's just the fact that we even go to a trial for something like this is just unbelievable (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah Yeah, I, I mean the, the 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 one. I mean the one. I I'm always like reaching for some sort of best case scenario. I'm always reaching for something semi optimistic to take. And uh, I mean the one thing that I've been able to take is it is this case is so egregious and so blatant and so horrifying that it is completely undeniable for anyone who sees it and it becomes less of a political issue and becomes more of just like a very human issue you know like Mm. I said you know my dad my dad took up for the security guards who whipped my ass at the Southwest Plaza Mall when I was a little punk and got in trouble and I fucking hated him for it I was so (laughs) mad that he would he would take the side of a fucking security guard who roughed up his kid you know what I mean like Uh. my dad like he's 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 blue through and through, mm-hmm. you know. He was a career cop, mm-hmm. but as time went on through his career, he saw more and more examples of the bad actors in their ranks. You know, he saw he saw a couple of cops that he knew take me to jail for nothing. You know, he uh, there was a cop who put me in a chokehold and threw me on the hood of his car and Jeez. and you know my my dad saw that and li- so little by little over time by having a son who was a criminal he mm-hmm. got to kind of see you know he got to see those cracks in the foundation of yeah. of the, the organization that he'd been a part of and appreciates um you for that <laughs> well and, and so and now he's seen this and it is just so egregious and and, and undeniable and blatant that it's like it is changing people's point of view. like, it, like it's, it's, it's almost, in a way, elevating the, the discussion to a new level. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm sure right and left will fight about all kinds of things after this. But it's like, with this going on, you've got so many people across party lines that are just going, Holy fuck, this is awful. This there's is just no way. This is you terrible. Support this. There is no other side, I agree. I don't know Indefensible guys, but... is the word that keeps poking into my head. It is just if completely and totally problem, indefensible. Yeah. There's There is no justification that you can come up for with this. And the one thing that and another thing that popped into my head is like, let's say for the sake of argument, that you are a racist, okay? Let's say for the sake of argument that someone is a racist, like an unabashed, unapologetic racist. It's like a card carrying member. Yeah, it's like this isn't good for you either. Because because with something like this. All right. If you are a racist, chances are you are either very, very poor And living in an insulated community where you're not exposed to any sort of cultural diversity whatsoever or you are very very rich and insulated from any sort of cultural uh, outside cultural cross-mingling right now if you're on the very very poor end with the ever-expanding wealth gap how long is it before being white is not enough You know, how long is it before your fucking broke ass white ass kids start getting beat the fuck up and start getting killed by police officers because Mm. they are are considered undesirables by um, psychopathic fucking assholes with weapons, you know. And on the other and the on the other end of it if you are happen to be a super rich racist this is not good for you because at some point people are going to wise up and start stop trashing the cities and they're going to start moving into the suburbs like start what start
2: heading south man down did, university
1: boulevard didn't they start yeah. heading into Beverly Hills isn't that something that I saw like protesters started moving into Beverly Hills it was starting to get. It was getting
2: outside of L.A. Man, and even like downtown L.A. Now, where uh, those riots happened over, th- uh, yeah, it was 30 years ago. Um, now that area is like it's just like what happened to Lodo. Expensive lofts. The people who once lived there have been moved out. So it would be a much different scene, much different people affected by it if that stuff happened
1: there today. I got. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's not good for anybody. Is my yeah. point. Even if you are on the, even if you are one of the vile, repellent people who is actually celebrating this situation, it's not going to end well for you either.
2: It's just the worst of humanity in general. And this is just purely anecdotal about uh, current state of police for me because I, I don't haven't done research, crunched the numbers on this. It just feels talking to people these days who've had experiences and talking to people like you whose dad was on force a long time ago they're not getting the Andy Griffith types, if that ever was a thing, about people who want to get the bad guys people who want to do good, you know your you're Ethan in training day, he's got a new baby on the way and just wants to make sure the world's good right. it feels like you're getting a lot of this stereotype guys who got Kicked around in high school and get even with the world. Right. People who had this really messed up idea of what justice is. It seems like that's who's going for it and more the like your father those guys are kind of more seeing this and being like i don't know if i want to be a part of this thing right this isn't like really the chance to do it i could be right i don't know and there's every you know i have to talk to everyone on the force but it just seems like it's getting hard to deny that there's not a culture of that within american police
1: right you know? well and then and then that well and to that point to the like blue lives matter people they should be angry about this too
2: Oh, it, doesn't look, it makes cops look terrible.
1: Well, it not only makes yeah. look, cops look terrible, it is exposing the fact that the police departments... Ha- like, okay, so let's, let's say for the sake of argument that we're dealing with some guys who have really advanced PTSD from all the interactions that they have. They have really, really uh, advanced and acute personality disorders of some sort, right? Well, the... Departments and the police unions have failed their officers by not screening people properly, by not providing appropriate training. Like the thing that that guy did with his shin, that would get your ass kicked in a jujitsu class. You know, if you did if you did that to someone, that's not something that he was like taught in training. That's something that he like threw down on a dude, you know, yeah. just to like, just to try it out or just to see what happens just to see what happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and the one of the sad things is that, from my understanding, Minneapolis, at least at one point was really on path to reform as far as police departments go they they had a um a very progressive woman of color chief of police I don't think she's currently the chief of police but uh, at that time you know they were trying to institute a lot of coaching programs and a lot of programs to try and get get police like trying to reform a police department which in Minneapolis from my understanding has been just marred with complaints of, of racism and brutality and unfairness wow. and, and this, I mean this is my understanding I could be wrong I'm a fucking idiot in a rock and roll band so anybody who's like screaming at their screen right now, I'm sorry, fucking help me out, educate me, don't yell at three
0: me. Right you could just leave a comment and, yes. and tell us tell us how wrong he is. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of social media, just try and be nice. Don't you <laughs> just, either just say point this out,
2: <laughs> either yeah, reject just, yourself right now or unfollowing you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Point yeah.
0: it out in in a
1: very respectful manner. Sorry, dude. No. As it turns out you are mistaken. I mean, but this is this is <laughs> this is what I have this is what I have come to I think understand is what's is what's going on with them. So even this department that had taken measures to to reform, you know, has has been going through this, I can only imagine what is going on in departments in in other communities, like other more poverty-ridden communities, or uh, that are more mired in racism or more are more mired in inequality than than even Minneapolis is? Like, I can only imagine the type of stuff that is going on and not getting captured on on video.
2: Well, it was that that quote we're saying that like it's not it's not new. It's just that people are now it's getting taken.
1: Right, right. You know? that, that was What's Will Smith, on. I think, and he said yeah. he said um, racism isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed. And mm-hmm. again, reaching for something positive, you know. God, I'm so glad it is getting filmed. You know, I don't want to see that video, but I'm glad I saw it because I will never be able to unsee it.
2: I've seen the photos and I'm I might end up seeing the video in some way but I'm just kind of respecting people's wishes who request that we don't watch that and i i happen to kind of get online quick enough where i could be one of those people i understand some people did but yeah it's i don't know some people I mean, this whole point whether you should watch it or not the term uh, uh for something porn i forget what the murder reason,
1: porn yeah
2: yeah that sort of thing so i'm sure i'll end up seeing another video i,
1: I just i happened, happened upon it when years. it was surfacing early on oh, you know
2: yeah. it's, and it's it's it's, impo- when those, you're right there it's almost impossible not to see this this stuff
1: and and I don't know about you guys, but I I haven't stopped crying for. Like I'm I'm tearing up now just talking about it.
2: No, it's hard, man. It's. Uh, yeah. I it's, guess. It's, it's traumatizing.
0: Well, I, I just—it's like on on top of what we're already experiencing prior to this. Right.
2: Yeah, it happened the like, worst
0: time for this, you know, a freaking during a pandemic an un-
2: an un- un- during an unprecedented time where we've been cooped up already, you know, and, and terrified is, and,
1: well, and terrified. Yeah. That's an important thing to like to, to to add as a caveat to this is everyone involved is fucking terrified.
2: Oh yeah. They're wearing well it's like this is the first time when I'm looking at people's masks and I'm like Wonder, looking at each one, wondering, do you think that person put that mask on more because they're afraid of tear gas or more because they're just following orders for the pandemic? It's right. bizarre. Now, this is the first time I've ever, I think, in the history of the world anyone's looked at a protest that way. Right. Uh, you guys weren't down there at all, were you, this weekend?
1: No. As as Gordo mentioned, he, he lives with an immunocompromised That's person, right. so he has been limiting his contact with people. And... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Far too far too much for far too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's really driving me shit crazy.
2: I was thinking later tonight I might, uh, and I just wasn't able to get down for, uh, I kind of feel bad. I did still do some things like donate this weekend. I wanted to go kind of maybe take a drive down there later tonight, see what's up. Um, but yeah, just uh, it's so weird because I realize all these places I used to see on like a weekly basis, if not more, I haven't even seen in so long. But, yeah, and I heard it looks a lot different down there right now than it did even last
1: week. I don't think I would be doing anybody any favors if I went down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, for, for a few reasons, I'm somebody's father. I have a responsibility. Yeah. Um, I'm somebody's partner. I have a responsibility. Uh, I am involved with feeding the, the public right now and the company that i work for does a lot of great work in the community and i my behavior outside of work reflects on them additionally um i'm i'm a convicted felon you know
2: and yeah, i don't want to get swept up for some dumb reason that
1: i i can't i can't sacrifice my freedom and my my family's uh, livelihood um, to go getting in getting in people's faces and mm. so so what I've really been looking for and it's been it's been this battle and I and I'm sure you guys have been experiencing it too and right before we got on the podcast I start seeing that people are starting to uh, mute themselves have you seen that thing that's going on Where like white what people like basically white people are muting themselves on social media it's, going to be a, it's basically going to be a, a Caucasian content blackout where people are going to be muting themselves uh, from the 1st to the 7th uh, to basically, like I, like I did with doing my videos, to mm. open up the, the feed to uh, the, the, the voices of, of black people and people of color in general. Um, so that's going on. Uh, so anytime
2: I've, people are talking less on social media, it's probably yeah thing, right. So.
1: Especially, especially, and I'm sorry to say this, and this is going to sound racist to me to say, but especially white people just c- kind of need to shut the fuck up. Espe- especially they our do. fucking president, dude. Especially oh, no. our fucking president. He is acting like a goddamn cartoon despot right it's, now. It's just I,
0: I, I wish I could say I was surprised. Uh, I know that's at this point, it's just
2: like that's I. Oh. <laughs> Remember when he was campaigning and he was like, he said what? Yeah. Now, I can't believe it. And I'm just going to remind this like everyone else a majority of the country did not vote for this guy. Yeah. It's like, this is yeah. not a democracy. Look what's going on in this, what we're seeing in the street and the unrest and now the, there's an entire. Entire demographic of our our fellow Americans who are not not seeing the same America we do or that a lot of people do. Meanwhile, we don't even get the the better of two bad options we vote for. It's ridiculous. And
1: did you see when he was mocking the protesters? Did you see that tweet? The one the one where he said oh, may have he said uh, he said anybody who gets over the fence will be met with vicious dogs and ominous weapons.
0: Um, d- Ominous Meanwhile, weapons.
1: I'll be in the bunker.
0: Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> the, the little bitch turned out the lights. Why is it like <laughs> alpha?
2: These like supposed to like alpha tough guys are supposed to be so intrigued by this guy? He's a total pussy. He always he never he never says the shit to people's face. He's a little bitch who whines about everything in terrible shape too. Like, right. it, it could
1: like you, not, you you think know, the big the you, hasn't. yeah you think the alphas would not be a fan of him. You'd yeah, think they would see he, him as some Fifth really Avenue just, spray tan fucking punk, but
0: No He is a he is just the whiniest bitch, really. Oh totally. God. I mean I just fuck. Yeah, I, I can't stand talking about that guy. I really don't Yeah, do.
1: I know. I know and you and it's like you can't help but but touch on it and I and I just try not to give that guy any more amplification, but it's just like it's like
0: Hey, but you know what? If you're a supporter of Trump and you watch the MF podcast or you listen to the MF podcast, there's always an opportunity
1: to change your mind. There's always an opportunity to change your mind. And and I think and, and I will say that I think on this show, we've been pretty fair to we've been pretty, I guess, not nonpartisan because we, we are pretty out and out about our our political perspectives on the show. There's a
2: point, like we said, it's not right versus left. It's right versus wrong. Right.
1: It's not good guys. It's not like the red guys are the bad guys and the blue guys are the good guys. Like, it's not Tron, you know?
2: (laughs) If only we could could just solve this with a little motorcycle race. (laughs) We would put our we would put our best guy up there you know yeah. i think we I, I think we'd have something yeah. but I, no
0: it just ain't it ain't that simple no, yeah, I mean... I, we, I, we should put up our dudes against Donald Trump, Trump any day. Donald Trump, oh, Trump, yeah.
1: Trump, Trump. Dude, there's, Trump. This, there's this really great... It, it, and this is this is the last thing I'll even say alluding to Trump, but um, there was a really great episode of um, the Making Sense podcast, which is Sam Harris's podcast, where he sits down with... And, and I can't for the life of me. I'd have to grab my phone and look it up so I can plug it. But um, he has a conversation with this guy who is a... Uh, You know, he's a conservative author and um, the guy is is a conservative who is vehemently outspoken against uh, against Trump. And just uh, what an embarrassment he is to the conservative ideals. You know, even even if you always vote party line and always vote Republican and conservative, he does not. He does not stand for your fucking team, dude. No, not at all. I mean, that's the last I'll say about that fucking asshole. But, you know... Just got
2: to get him the fuck out of there. Get him the fuck out of here, man. If there's never been more of, like, a clear, get fucking mobilized now, this... Oh, God. I just yeah. I don't even want to think about what what 2021 will be like.
1: I'm I'm just concerned that the left seems to have trouble getting on the same page that... Biden is a means to an end.
2: Yeah, and you know, just, and I, will, I promise I won't. We won't turn this into a whole uh, stump speech for him. But all I could say to those who want to vote against him, or who need to vote against him, might not be crazy about Joe Biden. You don't want to have a beer with him, or whatever. That's fine vote for the platform. Right. That's what you should always vote for. It doesn't matter. I mean, not that we feel like them, but keep in mind evangelical Christians got behind a godless heathen like Donald Trump
3: because <laughs> of his
2: running mate. The man would fucking burn up if he goes anywhere near a church.
3: Right. But because <laughs> of his
2: running mate and because of his platform, it's true. Right. Because of his, And they're getting what they want out of him and they were willing to do it. It's because of his platform. They're getting more they wanted out of Trump
1: than they got from W, and W actually went to church, but uh, it's like... Dude, and he went He went after W, too. That's what's fucking... Dude, that's like... Dude, I marched against George W. Bush. Oh, I did, too. Like, I I, I went... fondly remember him. (laughs)
0: Oh, that little guy. (laughs) Dude,
1: I I mean, I went... Dude, I went to the Capitol and, and protested that fucker, you know what I mean? And, like, even still, when Trump went after him, I'm like, man... I never thought I would feel kind of bad for George W. Bush because, like, he's, like, trying to, like, come on, let's get the country together and, and come on, let's, everybody needs to come together on this. And Trump's like, yeah, shut up, bitch. Like, just so fucking, like, uncouth and, like, tactless and just mean and bullying and rude and obnoxious. Who's going to, like,
0: you
2: He's just they got their convention coming out up if he doesn't end up pulling out of Charlotte like he's threatened to do with it. But, like, Bush isn't going to show up at the convention. McCain's dead. Romney's not probably not welcome at the convention. That means their past three nominees aren't even going to show up to right. endorse the <laughs> the current president, the current guy. It's just
1: <sighs> my prediction is that, hopefully not if, but when. Trump has to surrender the presidency, whether it's by loss in an election or, God forbid, the end of a second term. God forbid. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to imagine. But, but um, the uh, the I predict that he will not show up for the inauguration of whoever the new president is.
2: No, probably not. Yeah. Well, yeah why? Why would
1: he do that?
2: I yeah, just, he, didn't, hey, he didn't show up, for, let Ob- didn't have a
0: ceremony for Obama's photo being hung. You right. Know, just
1: like, well, that's you know, exactly like, what I was thinking about.
0: That he'll just do what he wants to do in the face of tradition. He doesn't really give a shit. Like, right. There's yeah. his agenda, and that's it. So right. That's like, aren't conservatives generally
2: more traditions very important to them? You'd think you'd feel like... A conservative would be very upset when they didn't want to lower the flag upon the death of John McCain or if uh, the way he's representing the country and right. uh, it's embarrassing. You know, it's like uh, I was very young I'm not, and I'm not really a fan of Ronald Reagan's policies. But one term I'd never heard anyone, people who disliked him or liked him used for him embarrassed by the guy. It's like this. Right. This dude is, you know, a poor leader, and you're right. Let's just get him the fuck out. But for those who want to have a, if the candidate, the whole thing, I oh, don't know if I want to have a beer with that guy. If you want to have a beer with a candidate, you should vote against them because if they lose, you're far more likely to get to have that beer
0: with them. So it's
2: not even, right. you know, don't worry about the, but platform.
1: Right, right. Don't worry
0: yeah, about I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, Joe Biden is is the furthest thing from sexy in my mind, but uh, you know, I, 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 I'm gonna vote for him. You know, yeah. there's there's no question in my mind right I mean he you know he talks about uh, you know, what was it today I saw, I saw a little video of him like talking about how they need to change how you know police are trained and he was talking about hey you got an unarmed guy coming at you with a knife maybe shoot him in the leg I mean what's wrong with that statement?
2: There was a case in Denver, and I mean, now we're seeing it blow up. Years ago, there was a uh, kid uh, of color who was like a knife, and yeah, same exact thing. They ended up just like shooting him point blank. So, sorry to go back there, but that just reminded me. And yeah, I know hearing him speak. I just remember the onion, the way they portrayed him when he was vice president about like <laughs> setting up the, uh, the fog machine before the state of the union and washing <laughs> his Camaro with his shirt off. Come on. totally we'll, we'll Right. Get good, we'll get some good parody out of the guy. No question. Cause it's like the current presence too easy to make fun of it. Dick, it's not even yeah. fun to anymore. You know?
1: Yeah. It's good. Um, I, I don't know if you guys had uh, some breaking news. Um, I actually, I did see this right when it came in. Uh, the George Floyd family autopsy has confirmed that George Floyd was strangled.
0: There was a, a suspicion oh. that it might have been. Out. Oh
1: yeah, no i oh, s- yeah. i saw the i saw two the official letters. report that two bullshit two official report. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe they tried to slide that one through. Yeah. I can't uh, believe they tried to slide that through. That whole, is just yeah,
0: just the whole the whole concept of of just going out there and actually. Saying that shit in public like in front of a fucking camera. It just blew my mind like you're really gonna go there You're really gonna go there. You chose this moment To do your pre- preliminary findings
1: on this autopsy they, like, they should strip that doctor's medical license they should strip that doctor's medical license. He should, I, I, I mean, and, and quite frankly, he should at least be charged with something along with those cops because that is is—that is disgusting on his part to even suggest that anything other than having a fucking shin on your neck for nine goddamn minutes. It's like, oh, he had, he had intoxicants in his body and a heart condition. Fuck all the way off with that shit.
2: Good Lord. That's oh, uh, man. Yeah, okay, just to clear that one out of the way. So. Yeah.
1: All right, get the dust stuff. But So, yeah, okay, so so, so he, here's a question for you guys. Because because Jonathan, you came you came all the way over here through cyberspace. I want to talk That's about right. your band. I want to talk oh, about what you're working on. Horrible
2: up. here, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ah. I mean, I want to talk about stuff and I've been looking forward to having you on and there's so much I want to learn about you cuz we always just kind of known each other casually around the scene. Yeah. Um but I want to put it to you guys, you know, we're, we're, we're living in this time where just meteoric trauma has impacted the earth you know and it's just like rippling out these shock waves of just of just riots Shit. and and destruction and chaos and anger and and is brought about just this nuclear winter of just like like depression and and gloom and, and 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 doom and all these like we're we're living in this like we're living in the middle like i i actually for a minute started to consider the simulation theory of existence like i went this this has to be a simulation because that there's there's no like you couldn't like life isn't this dystopian is it it's not this bad is it
2: with SimCity. yeah i wanted
1: to uh <laughs> dude <laughs> like so so my question the question i want to put to you guys is as three formerly bearded white dudes That's
2: right. Right. (laughs) I wanted to bring some diversity to the
1: podcast. Yeah, you you face (laughs) trader. It's coming back. (laughs) Just push really hard. You'll grow it back out. Um, So what, what do we suggest to the people... Because, like, like, like I said, you know, I've, I've been trying not to crowd the space, but but I've been I've been trying to think of ways that I can use the very small and limited platform that I do have, that we have, to do some good, to to be a helper. So, from our tiny little platform on the internet, where maybe by this point five people are watching Max because they're tired of hearing us rant and rave, but the the, the people who are going to watch this, the people who are going to listen to this you know, are easily probably primarily 35 to 44 year old Caucasian male audience, you know, what, what do we say to them when they are feeling helpless, don't know how to act, don't know how to be an ally, don't know how to, don't know how to listen, like what, what do we say to people what advice do we give from from our platform to try and and help people and try and do the most good that we possibly can to to support the people of color in our community who who don't need us to stand in front of them and and talk for them, and don't need us fucking taking it over, and don't need us co-opting us, and don't need us making unnecessary noise and to, distracting from the conversation, but just but just need our support. What do we do?
0: I'll I'll tell you what. Like from my experience, I can just say, uh, just from my experience alone. Uh, for example, like you know, if you're talk, if we're talking to you know our fellow Caucasians. Um, you know, think about this example. When I was growing up, uh, I was very in vogue to use the word faggot all the time. All the time. I heard it all right. the time. People called me a oh, faggot yeah. a lot. Uh, and they threw that word around a lot. I tried to call attention to the fact that, hey, you know my dad's gay, right? And so it made people think about, the, oh, wait a minute, that person is... Oh, that's going to affect that person in that way. Maybe that's. Gonna Have I
1: told you, Gordo, that you're no. one of the main reasons that I completely stopped using that word? Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, me and see, I did, I did something, Dad. Me and me, so like, <laughs> me and go. the Ruckus guys, me and the Ruckus guys, we love to rip on each other. Like, it, I mean, it's oh, just, sure. it's just part of being a dude, and part of the old way of being, you know, a dude. It, with your other dude friends is to just sit there and rip on each other and, and come and up with as many...
0: In, there in There it is. You just explained. I didn't have to explain the rest of it. You just explained it. Right. It's such a heteronormative thing or whatever you want to call right, it. Right, right. Uh, it's such a part of uh, male socialization in our country. Is just like you're brought up to not be a fucking faggot. You're brought up or to a Or a pussy or a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be a pussy or a bitch, and uh, you know, when it comes down to it, the the think about the language that you're using, you know.
1: Punch it's your problems out. That's another one. Yeah, Punch your problems out. It's it's like think about think about how much of that baggage,
0: you know, that you're dealing with comes from learned behavior. Think about, you know, what someone else hearing that might think. So that's a very good example, like, you know, when you're talking about, like, razzing your friends and stuff like that, and, like, that's, you know, I get it. You know, that's, that's what people do. That's the locker room talk or whatever you want it to, like, right. you know. But when it comes down to it, like, you know, in mixed company, you know, it's like whether you're in mixed company or not. It's, <laughs> I love
1: the air quotes on mixed company. That's yeah, so I
0: just I, I just hate that phrase. It's just the only way to express what I'm saying, you know, like, well, that's part of the problem we're saying now about, uh, they're saying the problem wasn't just like, don't just do it, don't
2: be okay with that. And when people would say mixed company, that's just saying, I'm okay with it, but when we're in mixed company, you know, for the sake of etiquette, let's not go there. Right,
1: right. Exactly. It's it's a major faux pas to use a hateful slur against someone when they're at a dinner party.
2: Yeah, how, how yeah. do we realize it goes beyond etiquette? Why you should just like, you know, etiquette, why you shouldn't use that, you know? it's not Yeah, good. Exactly.
1: Uh, well, but like becoming becoming your friend and like I've learned a lot through being your friend, Gordo, and I've learned a lot about ways that that I was insensitive in the past or I've learned in ways that, you know, I've, I've, I've learned a lot about a different kind of perspective just through being your friend and and yeah i mean you know i it, it was already falling out of chic for a long time and it kind of gradually went away you know once in a while i would drop an f bomb on tony or logan or something like that but all of us have stripped it from our vocabulary you know and that is something we used to do it a lot
0: oh, you it's know? A very it's a very common thing you know the guys mm-hmm. do that shit all the time i mean that's but that's that that goes to my point, you know. Right. It's just like that's that's the kind of shit that we need to be thinking about in terms of black people and people of color. Like think about think about that shit.
2: <laughs> well, look how I mean. You unfortunately, know? it's not too, hasn't gone away fully. But look how. Even up to like what 2014, it was still if somebody would drive around with a southern flag, with a, a stars and bars bumper sticker, you'd just kind of be like, oh, wow, well, one of them. Or people could still get away with saying, no, 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 it's just pride for where I'm from, you know. Now, no, now, I just like Leonard Skinner,
1: Nashville pussy man. Come on. Yeah, like,
2: man, that's all. Least like Dix Hazard, that's all, you know. But now we've learned, like, hey, it's not that, and you can't, you're not, you can't just. Where wave at that willy nilly and not say you're standing for something else. But at the same time, I get that if somebody there's someone I think of specifically who had a small one on a motorcycle jacket, they don't even remember where they got the patch. They just it was on there because it's commonplace. And then, you know, as times change, they realize that, wow, this is what it really means. They took it off. That's a good thing, you know right. I mean? And I understand he wasn't a hateful person. He was just, society had told him, just like we were taught when we were growing up in high school, it was totally okay to drop F-bombs on your friends. It didn't, you know, it was just like calling him an right. asshole or something. So I don't hold it against people, him, and I don't hold it against people like that who can maybe look at those old things we've been taught and question that and kind of not be afraid to go against something they've... Uh, against the other thing they've been taught because they're worried about their identity. I think that says a lot about somebody if they're willing to, if they can change their opinion because new information is presented itself. It says you're a smart person.
1: That's what an intelligent adult does.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, if, like, your thought felt one way for, you know... if. You would have told me when I was like 19 or 20 how bad systematic racism really is. I would have been, well, I don't really know. But unfortunately, right. from what I've learned or what I've seen, I know I was wrong. I wish I wasn't that naive, but no, I know now. And I think there's a lot of people out there who might still kind of feel that way. And I think got to, one, inform them, but also let them know, get this, as we said, it's not, it's okay to change your opinion or change your view
1: on something. You know? I think I think if Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinnerd was alive, I think he would probably be outspoken against the Confederate flag. Oh yeah. Because that was just the, that was just the kind of guy he was. Now we can only speculate, you know, a, a dead man's perspective, but Yeah. but just because of the to type of person that he was being, you know, kind of a southern hippie and, you know, loving Jimi dead Hendrix and Perspective is a great name for a band, man. Oh man. What? Someone's dead Man's, perspective, dead it, man's yeah. perspective yeah that's a um, that's an Immortal Technique line when he's talking about uh, Tupac he's talking about people who summon the name of Tupac and he's like he's like, what the fuck do you know about a Dead Man's Perspective yeah that's a it's Immortal a Technique if you ever feel like bumming yourself out listen to half of Immortal Technique album <laughs> <Perfect>. half <laughs> dude half of an al- three songs and you'll be fucking yeah, sorely the whole bummed whole out full thing yeah, especially if you're a white dude. Oh my god, you'll be bummed the fuck out listening to an Immortal Technique album.
2: Everybody, all right, we'll listen to at least three Immortal Technique songs. Yeah, yeah, we can we can make ourselves do it.
1: At this point, listening to Immortal Technique might actually cheer you up. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to tell you, uh, what really put the final nail in the coffin for me with the with the stars and bars thing, with the um, with the Confederate flag, is uh, you know, uh. I am a fan of Southern rock music, you know, and I'm a fan of Nashville Pussy. And, uh, you know, we played with Nashville Pussy one time and they had this Italian merch dude. And he's going, he's going, I don't understand why everybody in the U.S. is so upset about the Confederate flag. He's like, he's like, he's like, People wear. He's like people wear this the the Union Jack all the time, and and you know the English flag stands for so much oppression and brutality and da da da. It's just a piece of fabric, blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, you know you've got something there, blah blah blah. But then what like turned me on it completely is seeing that meme. Uh, about the argument that Stone Cold Steve Austin had with someone about it. Have you guys seen that shit? No,
2: <laughs> I have What was that? Uh, Dude, yeah,
1: I gotta I see if I can f- inform about. me. I, I gotta see if I can find this, and I'll put it up in the in the picture in picture, and you guys won't be able to see it, but I'll read it to you. Let me Google okay. it real quick. So, Stone Cold Steve Austin Confederate. Oh, dude, this is so good. There's got to be an image of it.
2: Uh. Now, with Stone Cold, which side of the argument is Stone Cold?
1: Oh, dude, you're gonna you're gonna love this, dude. <laughs> it made me love Stone Cold Steve Austin so fucking much. Like, and and and, dude, this like really, this this turned me on. This, so hold on, so nice. command V, okay. Cool. So I've got it up on the screen. You guys can't see it, but but uh, our audience will be able to see it. So somebody somebody put up this thing that just said, "Why did Stone Cold Steve Austin snap like this?" I'm in tears, and it's like it's like somebody who you know, uh, somebody who was upset about the fact that that he um, he got bent out of shape about about the the Confederate flag, and. Um, So, what is this? So, the person replied to it and said, For us, it wasn't a sign of hatred or hate or ignorance. It's a sign of Southern pride, a pride in which you come from, the people, blah, 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 blah. Heritage, lineage, blah, blah, blah. The same shit that that people always say, right? And then Stone Cold Steve Austin replied to it and said, in all caps, That's nice and all, but if I recall, it don't matter what it means to you, because to African Americans everywhere, it's a symbol of oppression, hatred, and inequality. So, your stupid little heritage, not hate story don't mean shit because your stupid little heritage was built on the back of slaves and identifying with that sort of... Uh, I ident- uh, def- uh, that kind uh, identifying with that kind of sorta definitely makes you trash in the Texas rattlesnake's eyes. So you can continue to spew your bullshit, but just know that none of us care, you dumb racist some bitch, and that's the bottom line.
2: <laughs> I think he needs to be our. Uh, we need a st- to call Steve Austin as our representative for uh, guys like you know. People not of color, white dudes like us need to represent us because we don't need no more no more of the standard like whiny Caucasian
1: that. cis males a guy everywhere. Our tough
2: bo- guy, yeah, we need a tough guy who goes against that, who scares the shit out of these people in their face, and it is just like, yeah,
1: that's you know, that's yeah. actually a really fair point. Is I think the, the I think that there's a lot of guys who like know in their heart that certain things are wrong. They know in their heart they would like to change their ways, but the container that they're in in their community they know they they're like afraid of being ostracized by their friends in their community you know what i mean
0: that's the that's the confinement of gender roles
1: right exactly yeah. but i think i think if you had like i think there's this this idea in your head that if you start being a little more politically correct and a little more, you know, liberal and progressive in your thinking and a little more inclusive and a little, you know, more uh, non-binary and and whatnot, and you start thinking in those ways, I think there's this idea in your head that, like, you've got to be some... some Weak, scrawny little, you know, quote unquote, libtard, right?
2: And yeah, that's the whole the whole thing about calling everybody snowflakes and shit. Right, and right. Oh god. Meanwhile, these guys can be like the biggest yeah. snowflakes out of anybody. Yeah, you got to be
1: a snowflake cuck to believe that. You know what I mean? To believe something like that. Yeah, exactly. See, but that's, the,
0: that's essentially like name calling is just like that doesn't that doesn't hold any water for any kind of actual intellectual argument ever. Ever. So, oh. sorry
1: not going to comment on the internet. You know, oh shit, this guy called me a cuck. Great. Well, right, but that's that's kind of my point is like is for the guys who are maintaining the status quo because they think they have no choice because social pressure is is a motherfucker and can keep people from changing for a long time I kept drinking for a long time because I thought that if I quit drinking I would lose my social ties you know what I mean I would no longer be able to connect with anybody of course I found out that that was untrue Mm -hmm. but Stone Cold Steve Austin should be the representative of like man's man progressives
2: yeah we need more guy like him or uh john cena who i happen to share a birthday with that's another point um, <laughs> he's supposed to be a very progressive guy and also just like real no these these are the i think yes we need a con we need a guy like that just let's take a take that macho-ness that uh the alt-right or whatever is co-opted and doesn't grow and maybe apply it just a little bit to our progressiveness a little bit you need diversity yeah you know <laughs> sort
1: of thing like you know who else is uh,
2: inequality
3: in the ass?
2: Yeah, there you go. You
1: know who else is supposed to be kind of a um, a super progressive tough guy? Is the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy? The oh, uh,
0: Bautista.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, somebody on somebody on Twitter asked him if uh, if he was a Trump supporter, like it's some and and i think it was some some maga dude was like asking him if he was a if he was into maga or into trump and he there's this tweet and it's in all caps cuz that's how tough guys fucking tweet yeah that's a tough guy tweet it, you know it's he's just like oh no 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 fuck no fuck no like goes off man it's it's pretty good <laughs> so yeah stone cold thank you very much for uh making it possible to be a tough guy and an inclusive progressive uh decent human being and uh, break down hetero norms.
2: Um, Way to go, Stone Cold. Yeah. I thought of that guy for a while. That's great. Popping him back in my head there.
1: That's good, the bottom line.
2: To pop up again. Yeah. Good to see old Stone Cold Steve Austin pop up again.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, I, I'm, I'm really glad that we had this conversation, guys. Like...
2: Oh, absolutely, man.
1: It, it, I mean, it, this shit has been eating me alive for the last few days. You know, like I said, I've been I've just been crying and just like like building these thoughts in my mind and just wanting to talk to anybody about them. You know, and yeah, just no, wa- it's
0: it's it's important to talk about it, you know, and it's uh, it's hard, you know. It's really hard. Mhm. Yeah. As we said, um, you know, we got to make sure yeah, I don't
2: want to Talk the wrong way. I think you know, just like we said before we started Speaking honest and from the heart and be open to learn new things be open to other perspectives when you do it And I think you should be we could be all right to have conversations about this, you know
1: before I came in here today. I This is what a fucking nerd. I am I like googled systemic oppression for beginners <laughs> gotta start somewhere man i mean you know I, I mostly it's because i want to have cohesive information other than just the little snippets and in, in and kind of uh a priori things that i picked up over the years mm-hmm. uh you know and just experiential things over the years um but you know i like i'm like looking up because i'm like I want to know the actual talking points, and I really want to know the who, what, when, where, why, and how, so that if I find myself in a situation where I'm trying to explain it to someone else, you know, in that I saw, I saw a saying. Someone posted something recently. Each one teach one. You know, which is is it's it's a saying that that originates from uh, from. Uh, people of color, but it 's basically this this idea that you know each person take it upon themselves to educate someone and um and uh we've talked about this on the show before, Gordo that um when we had Aaron say on here, we talked about that uh Marcus Aurelius principle of, you know, people were created for the sake of one another, either teach them or try to bear with them, you know, like basically trying to have some patience for the more ignorant people among us, those those of us, you know, taking responsibility for our fellow man and just instead of saying, those people, you know, having a mo- yeah, using more inclusive language by saying, those of us who... Who support Donald Trump or those of us who are violent, racist police officers or those of us who have decided to co-opt the demonstrations with violence, like taking responsibility and owning those of us in our society as our fellow human beings. You know, they're not separate from us and trying to do our best to teach those people.
0: So I uh, just my small contribution as I popped in um, into the comments there. Fifty two eighty or no, it's three hundred three magazine. I guess uh, has a list of black owned businesses in Denver that you can contribute to, and I'm throwing that in there.
1: I saw that. I saw that, and I was gonna yeah. I was gonna so check it out it after a, the pod. a really
2: place to contribute. Uh, one group I gave to this weekend, I was really happy to contribute to, uh, donate to, is Fair Fight, St- St- Stacey Abrams' organization she started, because a big source of this is freaking voting, man. We stopped these, right. stop people from getting to the polls, and then on top of which, you know, do yeah, there's waiting in line to vote. We talk about privilege. Here's a privilege I've had my whole life. I've ne- Longest I've ever waited in line to vote was 2004, a week before actual election day. I waited for about 15 minutes. Ever since then, I've just gone and turned it in. So that's something you know, how I can, that's a privilege I've had and how I can maybe use to bring right. that privilege to everybody else. Because yeah, it shouldn't be a privilege that I just, it's great that I get to do it. And everybody should get to do it. But it's just, yeah, you go, I drop off the Drop off my ballot weeks or, uh, like a week in advance, and we're done. I when I see this on the, it's just so shocking when I see people waiting three, four, five hours right. to cast a vote, and it's like, what year is it? We don't have to. It does not need to be that
0: way. Yeah, right. I mean, just think. You know, like think in terms of every citizen. You know, think about people that are differently abled. Think about like you know, mail-in voting is essential. It's essential. Right. It's Agreed. Totally. And I, the
2: argument to Colorado is just, we are the gold standard for mail-in voting. There's been several ways, several people have said that. When I, uh, it was after 2016 election, just totally bummed out. I went to a House district meeting and they had somebody from Denver elections, or sitting County Denver at the elections there. And she went on to kind of show us like how our elections work and she said that like international watchdog organizations have used Colorado as an example of like how to run a good election that doesn't get tampered with and everything and to the argument that oh it leans towards Republicans like I voted against Cory Gardner by mail and ballot that didn't do shit (laughs) this past uh, you know this past uh municipal election in 2019 uh generally unfor- it's they're won by who show up and liberals don't generally show up for those and it was mostly won by older demographic who voted by mail so it's like right it, it's elections are won based on who shows up everyone needs to be allowed to show up That's, well and anybody
1: can fill out a ballot and, and put it in the in, in the mail, mail as well Okay. Yeah. Say that again, Gordo. <laughs>
0: hopefully, it will get voted
2: out by bail as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right.
2: exactly. That's the, <laughs> I hope. Hopefully, this time around, it will make a difference.
1: <laughs> yeah one of one of the things that I've been um, I've been I've been thinking as far as things that I can do is courageous conversations, but not combative conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, like I. You know, I won't drop the guy's name cuz I don't want to I don't want to put him on blast but this 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 acquaintance of mine who was posting the stuff about black lives matter and antifa being terrorist organizations and yada 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 um and and he made an x, uh, an, an if x then y statement he said if you have a problem with this then you can hit that old unfriend button and I told him I was like listen I don't make if then or if then statements at people. I was like mm-hmm. I was like but I disagree with you. I don't support your assertion and I and I think that you are mistaken and here is why. And I engaged with him and then you know of course one of his friends in the comments tried to start throwing examples at me too and I I held I gave my examples, I made my case. And instead of losing my temper and name calling and becoming combative and fucking the worst is doxing people like, like that lady who got doxed for trying to run somebody down on Broadway, she deserves to get fucking doxed. But anybody who's getting doxed for something that they just say on social media, like that's That's fucked up. You can endanger people's lives that way. And, and, and that's not cool. And it keeps people from engaging in dialogues that are important. Like, it keeps people from engaging on, on these social platforms because they're afraid of being piled on. It's like, instead of becoming combative, I pled my case. And because he was mistaken, you know, because because his information was faulty, because his logic was faulty, it's not that I won, but I presented sufficient evidence to get him to change his position. You know, so courageous conversations with people without waving your finger in their face and calling them names and making threats and unfriending them and blocking them and putting them on blast and doxing them and, and holding them up to, to be pilloried by your friends and your little mutual mm-hmm. approval machine. You know, throw tomatoes at this guy. It's like everybody's, it's like a riot. Everybody's got a rock and there's a giant window and they just want to throw their rock at the window. It's like, no, no, no. Have a conversation with this person. Keep it civil and see if you can move the needle. So that's, I mean, that's something that I've been, I've been contemplating is those, those courageous conversations with people that I might otherwise want to avoid. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's good. Yeah. It's a good way to check. To also check how you feel. Make sure you're right. You know, here, kind of keep your give your opinions a good workout to
1: make. Boy, sure nothing makes you makes, you, good, makes right. you realize how wrong you are about something or how ill informed you are about a topic than when you try and have a an argument with someone.
2: Yeah. And that's, that brings me to something that reminds me about this whole social era too, about it's good to be informed and educate yourself, but it's also, and this goes for anything, not just the current climate, sometimes it's okay not to have an opinion on something. Obviously like the George Floyd, that's, there's only one view there, but it's like the way every, I don't know everything about every single issue that there is out there, and it's okay to sometimes say no, or if there's a figure, I'll give an example, Andrew Cuomo, he's coming up in the news a lot lately. I really don't know that much about the guy. I know he uh, is probably doing a better job than the Republican he was running against would, or that lady from Sex and the City would, but some people think he's doing great. You know? She tried to run against him. I just, I'm sure she's a nice person. I just yeah, but governor of New York, you might need a little more experience. But, like, I don't know enough, and I'm not the go- I don't live in New York. I know a thing or two about other governors. I decided I'm just not going to have an opinion on the guy. If he does something amazing or does something terrible, I might let that shift my opinion. But in the meantime, I need, you know, I wouldn't expect someone from New York to know all that much about Jared Bullis.
1: Well, you, yeah. you, you, you raise an important point that applies to another thing that I've been seeing a trend, which is. Again, it's another if then statement that people are making mm-hmm. which is if you aren't at least post if you aren't going to protest, if you aren't going to uh if you aren't going to do xyz and you're not even going to post anything on social media, then you're an enemy, you're part of the problem, you're a racist, what what whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever pejoratives people want to throw at people. Um yeah. You're an inactivist. You're an inactivist. You know what? I know that man. <laughs> if I if I had I have learned time and time again that making knee jerk statements from a place of anger and worse yet ignorant anger, you know, um, if 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 I had posted my thoughts on the present crisis. Right when the information first started coming out, there's nothing that I would particularly be embarrassed about, but I would have presented inaccurate information or an incomplete perspective.
2: Yeah, not a very constructive one.
1: Yeah, like a malformed idea. There is nothing, and and I am saying this to the people that are listening to this and watching this, do not allow yourself to feel shamed and badgered into posting some opinion on social media if you don't feel that your your thoughts are completely formed that doesn't help anybody you know what i mean yeah you might not feel it's your place and that's another and you might not feel that it's your place
2: totally that's what we've been warned of you want to give the give the space and let those who maybe have been affected by this and just i've seen this you've brought up it's a thing people are kind of like shaming others because they might not see them share something on social media, that doesn't mean they don't care or aren't. They might just show that in different ways, or maybe they choose to use their social media differently. Like I don't think I've said just unrelated, an example, I don't think I've said over this whole time on my social media I've ever said anything about Harvey Weinstein, but just in case you're wondering, no, I don't think he's a good guy.
1: Right, <laughs> right, like right, right.
2: Because this <laughs> is somebody, you know, you don't judge people. They might, how do I know somebody maybe isn't very active and they might not have something on their Facebook page, but they may have just made a huge day, donation to the ACLU or something, or they might not be at Facebook because they're attending meetings every week with some other organization and they'd rather be out there. So,
1: Or they, they might be something. showing their Support by teaching their kids and loved ones and friends and and things like that what they know. You know, it's like yeah. you, you give the same example. It's like <laughs> I don't remember the last time I talked about the, the Nazis in World War Two, but in case I haven't shared anything, I'm not a fan.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's it's also like we shouldn't forget that it's okay to ask questions, right? Yeah, you know, like you know, pose pose a question. You know, if you're if you're if you're having conflicting feelings about something, or if if you if you want to know something, you, you feel like you don't know everything about it, and you want to get something, something else's somebody else's perspective, rather, mm-hmm. uh, ask a question. I ask think people are afraid question. to ask questions. I mean, I, just people should be educating themselves. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I really feel that strongly. Like you should really educate yourself about, like you know, what is the history of this particular problem in our fucking country, like. Educate yourself. Look it up. Read about it. You know, I've
1: strongly encouraged that. But also ask some fucking questions. Right. You know? And I think I think that there's a fear. Like, you know, I reached out. I reached out to Alan to invite him on the show. And there was a moment of hesitation. Because I was afraid to ask a question and appear, you know... <laughs> open myself up and to the vulnerability of being ignorant or possibly be perceived as be, as as being completely blind to the problem itself you know what i mean like there's well, yeah or there's it's, it's there's fear of that. being attacked like like you're going to be pilloried in some way or you're going or someone's going to shame you in some way like yeah that's that's only human though
0: mm-hmm. i i just think that maybe the error sometimes is in expecting black people to answer our questions when we don't do our own research. You know right. What I mean? Right. Like, that's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about.
1: I also think that it's important to destigmatize ignorance. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mo- I mean, we've mentioned um those couple documentaries and and her name escapes me again and I apologize, but uh the woman who made the two documentaries about um uh, she made she made a documentary about jihadis and she made a documentary about um, about white supremacists and she sat down and had conversations with with people from these groups respectively um, and just asked a lot of questions and or. Um, uh the or the guy who like uh converted all those clan members uh, uh, yeah, Yeah, Daryl, God, what's his fucking last? name? I don't know who you're see, I've about.
0: still never seen those documentaries. I heard the podcast the interview with her, and I still haven't seen those documentaries.
1: dude, I mean, and it's fantastic, and it's like the the approach of both of these people was to sit down and have conversations with these people and and get them to see their, get them to experience their own ignorance. You know, not tell them that they're ignorant and tell them that they're a piece of shit and tell them that they're a garbage human. And and these are people that are, that at that time were arguably garbage people. You know? They were, like, they were arguably, like, repellent, vile, like, people with horrible ideologies. But these individuals sat down with them. Daryl Davis is the guy's name. Sat down with them and and destigmatize the ignorance in their mind and just said okay let's try and move the needle on this person's model of the world and in doing that many of them were converted away from the the harmful ideology that they had been had had ascribed to for, had subscribed to for so long you know like many People are the like everyone is doing the best they can with the information that they have available, with the software that they have. If we can, as a society, you know, update their software, work together to to facilitate the updating of that software, we can get these people to abandon these these outdated ideologies that don't serve them and don't serve anybody else, and they can't really think of the reason that they have them in the first place. You know, no,
2: that's that's a, that's the exact opposite of ignorance. I agree. That's not. No, that's winning people over. And, you know, I admire somebody who can change their opinion that much. Like we've seen how hard it is for somebody to admit that, like their band they loved in high school is actually shitty <laughs> so it, you know,
1: like, or oh that a band God, that they hate is it? good.
2: Yeah, or a band that they hated, it was actually good. You see how deeply they have to look within their soul just to say that. If somebody can actually, if somebody can find within themselves who is like a former uh, Klansman or something, convert themselves, that says a tremendous thing about them that they were really able to find something really deep and they really possess something that a lot of people don't have.
0: Right. Right.
2: Right. And yeah, there were a lot of bands I listened to in high school that were shitty. But like you said, man, we didn't have, the internet wasn't quite what it was then, you know,
0: uh, radio only played with news, what I knew. So it was like... You it. talk about deep, dark secrets, man. I hope we never go there. I just
1: hope we never go <laughs> what, there. What, deep, dark secret bands that you liked?
0: Bands, like the, the bands that you uh, that you really feel an internal sense of deep shame about liking their material.
1: I'm I, I'm I'm not really ashamed of any band that I liked in in less, huh? It's a
0: handful. It's a handful, and it's it exists. Handful.
2: It, it know, exists. I'll, I'll admit that I saw Limp Bizkit twice. As a teenager, <laughs> but, uh, I'd be lying hey, they I'd, put on a I'd good be lying show. If I said I didn't have fun, it was fun. I had a good time. I, I don't think I'd have as much fun if I saw them today. But uh, at the time, it it made sense. It worked. Uh, you know. Did you break stuff? Uh, I didn't really I don't remember man it was a while ago re-
1: remember just, before uh, the world yeah. fell apart and there was concerts and um, somewhat oh, yeah. like they announced Corn uh, and Faith No More and That's just right. the the utter disdain and eye rolling and throat chortling See, That I wasn't gonna bring that up Aaron <laughs> <laughs> dude
3: <laughs> dude
2: no, I, re- I remember what you're talking about it was just like you know i don't I don't really particularly listen to chord, but like why were people so shocked? I'm like, dude, it's a
1: big tour with hard rock acts, and they're a popular hard rock act. It'll oh, sell man. and they're and It'll they're sell. and they're popular. This is another thing too is like there's a lot of bands like when I've like hung out with uh, our buddy Jan out in Belgium, like there's bands that he's into out there that he's completely unashamed to like that like out here, like, people would give you shit for. Like, he likes Slipknot, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm like, you know, and when I first heard that, you know, there's a part of me that's like, ugh, you know, and then and then I started to rethink that. I'm like, why do I have a problem with that? Yeah. What is the let's reason?
0: Explore, let's explore your feelings about Slipknot. Mm-hmm. While we're at it, tell me how you feel about your mother. <laughs>
1: Gordo, actually, you know what? You should go as Sigmund Freud for Halloween some year. Exactly, man. (laughs) The bald head and the beard and the glasses, dude, you could pull it off.
0: Tell me what you uh... think now. (laughs) Tell me what you think now. I dare you. Get a little vial with some some, uh, flour
2: in it or something just to be real authentic. Yeah. (laughs) He
0: said, I deem you to be a Berbert. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Did your mother influence this? Yes, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Sometimes a cigar is only a cigar. Uh,
0: um.
1: Hey. Uh. How about?
0: Or like uh, George Carlin says, sometimes it's a big brown dick.
1: <laughs> Dude, can you just on that point, just as a like little quick aside, can you imagine? what george carlin would be thinking if he was if he was still alive today like oh, can you God. like i've thought of that i'm like i'm like what if george carlin was alive today i've also been thinking on a on a completely different part of the of the continuum i've been like you know wondering what what martin luther king's perspective would be today like and again you know we're talking about a dead man's perspective so there's no way of really knowing but i wonder if he like stepped into a time machine out of the the 1950s and and dropped down here in 2020 you know how many of the things he said that people quote would still apply how many of his perspectives would still be the same like like what his thoughts about like would he would he see um marginal progress or would he see like exponential progress would he be able to see well, according things
0: to, according to bill and ted movies he's already seen it all george carlin he stepped into that <laughs> time machine years ago right right
2: oh yeah man is the, is that third one still going to come out this it's supposed to come out in like september or something but they i don't know are they still delaying i i'm sure I'm they delayed, delayed
1: production the
2: coronavirus? is that what it's called they changed it had to go back do some reshoots <laughs> It was called Bill and Ted Face the Music, but uh they might have to change some things.
1: They made um do you guys know about the uh the Bill and Ted musical? The like the the horrible Bill and Ted f- musical that came out and utterly flopped. Oh no. Uh, I
2: was not aware. No,
1: uh, yeah, I, I, I wanna say I know it was about this. I wanna say it was um it was a uh was it Universal Studios? Hold on, I'm gonna look this up real quick. I don't have my
2: around,
1: Bill and Ted. The same time as that Spider-Man the Musical.
2: Oh, Spider- turn. Oh man, musical. I didn't hear a lot about that. A lot about that one. We lost a lot. <laughs> Let's take a moment of silence for all those people who t- <laughs> who were in Spider-Man the Musical. That was that was pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was a, a point in like they were just trying. They were just throwing everything against the wall. I think it was like mid two thousands on Broadway. Let's try this, the musical. No, it didn't work. All right, we'll try this one. This one. They're, they're making
0: movies. That like there was a yeah of everything. Just didn't work. I don't know. I saw a really good like kind of uh, guerrilla theater interpretation. That was a musical
1: of Evil Dead, and it was just incredible. Oh, I think I heard about. That. I heard it was really good. Um, so good. So, and so now you guys can't see this, but I've got it on the screen on the on the stream. So imagine it, Bill and Ted the Musical. Think it couldn't happen? Well, it already did. Yes, it's true. There has been a stage musical based on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, sort of. Let us explain. It was in 1992 that Dean Collinson, a sing- a singer songwriter and actor, first saw the Bill and Ted movies and set about to write a musical version of our favorite movies with his writing partners Mick Walsh and Gene Jacob. Cubs, da, 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 da. The musical seems to have been staged at least a couple of times, once as a three-week run during the Edinburgh Festival at the venue, the Pleasance in Scotland. The other was a condensed version on May 4th, 2000. Man, that's not that long ago. There's part of a program called Musical Futures at the Greenwich Theatre in London. At the Greenwich Theatre, the original cast was comprised of Mark Powell as Bill, Norman Bowman as Ted da 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 da
2: I could see Norman Bowman making good t-
1: The presentation was choreographed. There, right there. That lets you know that it was pretty horrible uh-huh. if it was choreographed. Um, mm-hmm. The Grim Reaper was played by Philip Clayton Smith. Well, um, so was this? This was Bill and
2: Ted's Excellent Adventure? Was it just Bill and Ted in general?
1: Like, all the, all the Bill and Ted canon stuff
2: was laid out? Because the Grim Reaper didn't come in until the second one.
1: Yeah, what does it say? A soundtrack CD was recorded by Glenn Carter and Dean Collinson and features the creative 80s-style music uh the
2: creative 80s style music
1: which which is featured in the show highlights from the musical book include Don't Surrender a hauntingly beautiful song about friendship which Dean would also use in another musical he wrote called Tomorrow Never Knows um uh, at this time there are no solid plans to stage the musical again licensing right oh we'll see dude if it Gordo see if you can um see if you can the find show. the actual music from that show man Oh my god. <laughs> it sounds like it didn't do too well. Hey, uh let's um let's give a shout out to the sponsors and let's pivot and let's talk about Jonathan's music and career and That's right. And yeah, let's do that. Check out some oh, yeah. stuff. I almost forgot. Uh, okay, so first and foremost, Matula Plumbing. Matula. matula, shit rolls downhill all don't right, be at the matula. bottom your number two is our number one priority your shit is our bread and butter angie's list super service award winner back in 2011 one one is the only one that matters after that it got all political and you know uh if you need your shit piped out man he'll uh, wear the booties for you if you're in the dis plains illinois area uh, hit up matula master of poopers himself um Mutiny Information Cafe at Two mm-hmm. South Broadway. Hey, shout out to Mutiny. They've been um, they've been uh, utilizing their space as a uh, a safe space for protesters. Um, so if you are out protesting and you need a safe space, if you get into some trouble, uh, Mutiny Information Cafe is a safe space at Two South Broadway. Um, Also, they have coffee, books, music, uh, live events, podcasts. No one has a larger selection of Torini syrups. No one. No one. Cereal. Hey. Cereal bar. They've got cereal. They do have a cereal bar, and uh, some some very fine people there. And um, man, they uh, they really support the underground, and they support worthy causes. And walking the walk. Yeah, they're walking the walk for sure. Check them out, man. Support them any way you can. Uh, You can. uh, I I, I believe they're taking. Yeah, they're taking customers. Um, You know, they obviously allow a limited number of people in the store, but yeah, man. Uh, Also, they share a lot of great content. So, um, look them up. Follow them on all the social platforms and uh, go check them out. We love Mutiny, man. Um, Flipside Music. I I was supposed to play there last month. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah, we're
2: supposed to play it together. But yeah. one of these days, oh. we'll play a show. Yeah.
1: yeah uh, so. Flipside Music on South Tacoma Street. Uh, since I've started playing a lot more guitar, I've been going to Flipside a lot more. I don't, man, I don't need to follow any copy on this. They're just, they're great 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 place super helpful super knowledgeable uh, really swell bunch of people Uh, they are doing everything that they can to to roll with the punches of the pandemic Um, they do a lot of online business they're you know taking customers in the store they give really great deals their little like try out room it's like all the things you love about being able to try out gear at Guitar Center without all the people at Guitar Center (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's really great. And um, uh, last I talked to Ike, he said they were going to be turning the lesson rooms into um, to demo rooms. So basically, people would be able to go in there and and demo stuff in a in a socially distanced capacity. Uh, really, really an incredible shop, man. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about them. The only time I've cheated on them is I went to Flesher Hinton to buy some single strings because I broke my high e like right after I changed it so um, yeah man flip side music life's short make some noise and God does it ever seem more apparent that life is short and we got to make some fucking noise while we're here man um, Ber- true burn TV studios uh dude people are back in the office over here like I came in to do the podcast. And we couldn't use the lights because the lights are actually being used on a project right now. And this piece we're doing for Hempire, this hemp and history thing, is fucking badass. It looks so good. Um, all the all the Nug Nation folks have been in here. I had a I had a phone call with Mikey Peterson, who we've had on the show on episode 100. Um, he's just telling me about all the great stuff that's coming down the pike for for Burn TV and the Nug Nation. Uh, check it out at burntv.com or thenugnation.com. Uh, it's like weed content, but not like annoying weed content. It's like, you know, it's stuff for people who it's like weed. Right. It's Indeed. just right. It's just right. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Um, oh, I love them. Gordo, are they? Are they taking people? Like, are they doing rehearsals? Do we they, know?
0: I believe they are. That's yeah, really last cool. I checked. They were, and they have. I think they have their new merch like I think they have that in in tow as well cool
1: support yeah, rocket space stuff looks great support the shit out of rocket space they're great people we love them uh yes. evergroove studio um Ooh. man you can say so many great things about evergroove studio uh Brad and Jenny who own and operate the place Um, they're just some of the best people they are. It is a beautiful, beautiful uh, spot hidden away in the Black Mountain region of Evergreen. Um, Man, just state-of-the-art. Also, they're doing... They're doing remote mixing stuff, which is really cool use of technology. Um, I've actually done an online uh, or a mixing session over the phone with them, like got to hear the mixes live while Brad was working on them, talked to him on Zoom. Uh, really, they're doing everything they can to service the community, even lending us our, uh, our tech guru, Ethan Klein, who's in the other room watching the stream and probably... Um, probably swearing at the screen because it looks like our our bit rate is probably not performing at the level that he would want it to um but he has very high standards and we love ethan for that so uh yeah man ever oh solar powered it's a solar powered studio it's fucking awesome great rates great space great place to make a record great 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 um and they were for a while offering pay what you can mastering i don't know if they're still doing that but uh you can hit them up and i'm sure you can probably get a really good price for it so evergroup studio we love you and last but most we appreciate the shit out of all of you who back us via a small recurrent contribution on patreon.com slash mfruckus you guys make the goddamn world go round, man um you kept us alive during the pandemic uh we've been able to keep moving stuff Forward. In fact, I kind of feel like I should show a little clip of like a little tiny clip of something that we've been working on um, so part of what uh, the money has gone to also big shout out to the people who supported the uh, COVID out of business sale we did sell a ton of our merch we actually got all our merch condensed down to one box because we sold so much of it um, wow. to people who have been supporting us during the pandemic um, we've been a, we've inv- been investing funds in uh, some new music videos one of which um We've been making, along with our friends, Jake Fairley and um, Macy Little. who uh, uh, Jake draws the Front Lines of Good Times comic book, and Macy is the animator that we work with for the Front Lines of Good Times motion comic. Um, I want to see if I can get a little... A little clip of that in here, but while that's loading, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons who are just fucking amazing, awesome, beautiful people and have made it possible for us to do what we do. Okay, hold on. That is something that we're working on. Anyway, if you're just joining us, we are here with Jonathan Snyder. Hey, everybody. From the Lollygags. And um, by, by the way, congratulations on the, um, the write-up in Westward. Um, for those who haven't seen the write-up, why don't you tell people a little bit about what you guys talked about uh, in, the, in the write-up that you did with Westward?
2: Oh, sat down. Well, I didn't really sit down with him, but you know, sit in in that yeah, yeah. way you say anytime you talk to anybody. Sat down with Kyle Harris. I uh, talked to Kyle Harris of Westward about uh, just what's been going on with me and this EP you put out recently. And uh, not gonna lie, I'm not gonna say this COVID shutdown uh, was been a good thing, but. For me it's relieved a lot of stress and I've loved living up to this Lollygag's name of just like not really doing a whole heck of a lot but even before that this happened I was already kind of noticing things were changing as far as uh gigging out or how this band was going to this project was going to go moving forward so we were kind of already getting prepared to uh shift gears a little bit, or shift the way we we were doing things. But also got to talk about releasing the EP. Already planned on putting that out in April, around that time anyhow. So that not much changed there. And yeah, it's a three-song EP called Old New Borrowed. It's because we ended up with one older, redone older song, Christian Leitner, A brand new song, Grand Consolation, which I also got a cool lyric video for. And then uh, a cover tune, that's the borrowed one. Affection by Jonathan Richman, uh, a fellow neurotic Jewish Jonathan, so you know, I had to pay
1: tribute to him somehow.
2: John, uh, Jonathan Michael too. He, we both have the same middle name. I just kept learning more about that guy. So,
1: so it's an it's a, just a three-song EP then.
2: Just a three-song EP. That's what we got, you know. Um, I think more out of necessity, this band (laughs) has always ended up, well, uh, putting out just a song here or there, which I think is kind of becoming what we will be known for. Eventually, we'll get another, uh, see how long this thing goes, another, like, full EP or maybe a full length but yeah we just kind of uh to the studio like two years ago to do some songs two of which got put out last year uh Mm -hmm. on what we called a digital A-side and B-side then we're left with these three and I realized I was like well one's older one's new one's borrowed just like the saying old new borrowed and considered doing the blue part we made I decided to make the album cover the blue cover blue there was the possibility of uh, a blues song but i'm just like man we don't need another like white guy contrived blues song trying to you know whoa
1: so whoa 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 to... whoa whoa whoa. here <laughs> yeah. i i take i take exception to that <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, actually, yeah. actually um one of the ways like if we don't if i'm writing a set list one of the ways that i will uh i'll try to build out the set list is is going something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And yeah. so we'll do an old song, we'll do a new song, we'll do a cover song, and then we'll do one of our like jammier blues songs where Tony Lee gets to show off and, and, and wank yeah, yeah. off for a little bit. So yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: So I like just that. wish you were better at shredding. <laughs>
1: God, yeah, I know.
0: Man, when I, you
2: know, you got to be embarrassing all. when you go out there and you
0: just can't shred.
2: Oh, man, you know. <laughs> Dude, Gantra. That's we'll a get problem
0: it. he's never had. It. No. <laughs> no that guy's,
2: I can attest. I've seen that man I've seen that man shred. Well, the blues, like, I was thinking about it. And well, at one point, somebody who was in the band, you always have a rotating cast of characters, put up a song that was bluesy-ish. And it was good. But I don't know if I was just being too picky or what, but I was like... Had to go but well, you know it's a it's, blues traditionally actually fits this format and people are going to be judging us and they're going to say that's not a blues so yeah we ended up with those three and uh yeah just good to have something out there i think it's good kind of reflects the band because uh we've been through a lot and there was like our It'd been around a while, shall I say? And there's a kind of era, earlier era, where not as many people knew about the band. So I think that's what the older song does, and the brand new one kind of just shows something of you know where we're at right now. And then the borrowed tune just shows a very serious influence of the band. I think really, uh, I'm really proud. Put our stamp on that one. You know, I encourage someone go listen to the uh, the original version and ours. I think they're uh, a good cover. It you should put your interpretation on it, but it should you should be able to tell it that song right know? right no agreed it's, when i hear those like when i hear some people cover something and they're like it's just the same lyrics i'm just like you might as well have just give a new lyrics and made that a new song right right you know? right so uh yeah i think we've achieved that and we, we like to play some covers live just like you do
1: not to talk out of school but yeah. when you and i first started communicating about getting you on the show and uh you know we were kind of sending some stuff back and forth and you had you had told me a little bit and this is before actually this is probably around when when the shutdown started happening so. you know you had talked about how you were experiencing some of the the burnout and some of the what we call what we call on the yeah. show the Alaska thoughts the yes. you know thoughts. the uh, the thoughts. the insidious Alaska thoughts. Um, Always, man. you know for for the people who follow our show often, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know kind of what you were struggling with and um, and what. Uh, what you've transmuted that struggle into
0: yeah you know it's
2: weird how this uh this crisis kind of changed about the way i looked at things it was just kind of hit that point where uh like i said earlier things are, are going to be different things are changing where like i was just kind of overplaying shows not that i don't like performing it's just We're not, uh, you know, we've never really been the kind of act, I think part of it is because we've had so many different people coming and going, who always has like a huge, you know, draw to come out and just found doing these shows, which... Really weren't worth it. I know, like, we're supposed to have this spirit of like, doesn't matter if there's three people, you rock them no matter what. Which I've always had for a while, but it was really even not starting to feel that when it's like, you know, what are we even practicing for? And you know, going through uh, more more lineup changes, which we've been through a a lot and everything. And I was kind of questioning if it was worth going on for, which is reasonable. But then after this thing hit, it was just kind of like, well, why not? You know, everybody's shutting down. We were going to put out this music anyway, and this is just kind of a a chance to operate and kick back and kind of re-examine things, focus on the craft a little bit more instead of just trying to practice to, uh, you know, play in some bar somewhere. So, it's the the Alaska Thoughts, They, I guess, you know, if you're going to be an artist of any kind, they're going to come in it's something you got to go through. And just realizing I'd wanted to do some other stuff myself, which I still do. Uh, I've always been, like, so much of a songwriter that it's been, like, always... just been like, hey, here's some songs of mine. Let's play them. Not so much just like, hey, I'm going to be this member of the band. I'm going to be, you know, lead guitarist or something like that. So I'm still seeking out those opportunities and been uh, honing my lead guitarist skills a little bit. So now I feel like I would really hold my own in a, as a member of a band. So I realized I'd never actually just been a member of a band, really, where I've been like, all right, I'm going to do my part, you do yours. I've always been the lollygags, which right. I, I think That's I'll be the for a most while.
1: Fun. Most it fun is can be and yo that oh that's, dude that's a, that's being so with. this is three band dads on the show and i can and i can tell you you're not alone being a band dad is really hard um mm. it's really frustrating and isolating and alienating and lonely and dude you know it's hard to get people out to shows and even though, you know, I believe in the one or, you know, the one or 1000 rule of, you know, you put on the same show, whether there's one person there or 1000 people there. I believe in that. But if you get a streak where you are having trouble getting people out to shows, it fucking sucks. And it hurts and it like, especially if like, and I was thinking about this recently, you know, I've been really honing my, my guitar abilities lately by, you know, doing, doing a bunch of videos and like trying to get better at the guitar. And I was thinking about, I'm like, man, you know, I know all these people that are so good at their instruments and so good at their songwriting craft. Gordo for one, like every time I listen to that new Granny Tweed record, I'm like, this is such a fucking brilliant record it if this was if this was the early 90s it would have been on fucking Electra and you would be out touring with say I'm just I'm just saying like dude you would you would have been out touring in the 1990s you would have been out touring with Mudhoney or ween or fucking they might be giants or
0: I would I would take any of that or
1: archers of low for now then future Dude, I mean just no name any band. Gordo, I really do I really do feel this and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, man. Like I really do feel that your songwriting and your production abilities and and your performance abilities are like you you deserve to be contemporaries of those artists that you respect so much. And I, I appreciate that. I'm humbled by your Compliments. I I, I I really do think that. And and Jonathan, you know, the, the the same thing goes for you, is I'm like sitting there I'm like sitting there like learning the guitar and I'm like, man, like I have a hard enough time being the singy guy and the band leader guy and experiencing stalls and setbacks and and feelings like I'm just spinning my wheels or that nobody gives a shit. And and I can only imagine if like I was also an accomplished instrumentalist and, you know, the primary songwriter in a band like going and playing shows for nobody. It fucking hurts and it sucks. And uh, dude, I does. Yeah. I I feel your pain and it's like, you know, but I don't, I don't, even though I think about quitting all the time, I don't want to quit, you know, especially, I mean, the, the Alaska thoughts have been strong this week, sitting there going like, with everything that's going on in the world, what fucking business do I have making music? It's like, I almost don't feel like the world... Like, 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 it would do any good to bring any joy into the world right now because it's well, just I want a to contribute to this world right now. Right, know. it's just, it's just a vacuous hole of darkness and fucking misadventure there's, and dystopia. There's something you know, to be said though, there is something to be said for for actually
0: just doing it because you want to do it. You know, do it because it makes you feel good. Like that's yeah, a that's, really good reason to do it. Like that's that's what I've been focusing on. Right, like, I, I do. A, live stream every now and then and my challenge to myself has been trying to make it different every time i do it and Mm -hmm. that's fun like i that's something that i don't actually get a chance to do with a band is like make every show different so it's really fun to be able to actually try and do that see if i can challenge myself right well it's like it makes me more excited about doing it and it makes me you know uh, kind of makes me learn something Right. You know. Those are some
2: of the cool opportunities I think that are coming out of this. We're starting to see. It's not, it's not going to just be about playing shows and i kind of realize now it never was just about shows and i think maybe my focus i would have liked to do a little bit more like gordo was talking about and just not yeah and that's what this has kind of made me realize just doing it for you stop worrying about the whole uh you know the race of the the scene and the politics which this this is it's not saying i don't miss seeing our friends but it's like this has shut down all that there's no are we getting into this this year oh
1: man i gotta get this gig oh we gotta Try, you know, God, j- that is, is just out. gone, right?
2: Gone.
1: It's and just gone. So good not to worry about it for it a does. while. You know, it's just like it feels good to drop out of the race. It really does. Oh
2: God, it so does. Just like the whole every year I'd go through. You know, this.
1: Oh man, I really want to try and play Levitt Pavilion. Are we going to be able to get? You know, when it's closed, you don't care as much. Or like, or like so and so, so and so never even replied to my email. It's because it, it, and it's, and it's, and it's not because my band sucks. Because all the guys in my band are great players. It's because I suck specifically. (laughs) It's because they hate me specifically and everything I touch and I'll bet if I wasn't even in this band my bandmates would have gotten that gig and they would be succeeding because <laughs> I specifically am terrible and a hack and untalented and garbage like dude word, I'll
0: word. tell you what though
1: it, it, word it really for helps. word <laughs> it really helps in these
0: situations to have never fit in anywhere right? because so, anytime I have those thoughts myself I can always just say well we don't fit in
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: we don't cuz that's cuz i know that's the truth like i know that's the truth like we do not fit in so it you know sometimes it bothers me sometimes it doesn't you know sometimes i worry about status but i will say not having to worry about booking not having to worry about you know your your pecking order in the local scene or whatever right. like not having to worry about any of that stuff like you were mentioning is it is a real load off and it's i've never had this long not thinking about that stuff and it's,
1: it's pretty pretty weird, right? But it's, but it, it's, it but feels it, it's good to give like up someone, the war. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. and and now it's just you know, I mean, it's not like the war is completely over because I still have the war with my own. Bipolarity and and depression and doubt and and yeah, we all. yeah just oh, the, yeah. the the struggles of being a human being and not just any human We're being, advanced. but but you know the creatives tend to be predisposed to neuroticism of some sort, and you know and I've I, you know I I have days or i should say moments during the day because it's pretty much you know like passing clouds throughout any day where it's like i feel very excited and optimistic and energized about something and then very down and low and 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 sad and and, and futile about something you know but it, it's it's nice playing other people's songs has been very rewarding you know, I've
2: loved seeing that. You've done some great interpretations. It's made me uh, made me rediscover a few tunes, and yeah, discover some brand new ones too. So yeah, it's really cool.
1: Well, the whole and and Gordo, you talked about doing stuff for just your own reasons, and yeah. and just for your own enjoyment, and that is like a very fun hobby, like a just pure joy project where I'm just sitting there cussing on my. Porch trying to get through dude th- i did i don't know if you saw but i did that that version of uh, brandy you're a fine girl i literally did 53 takes of that song
0: <laughs> see but that's that's what's that's what's cool about it it's a process like you're learning something right like every time every time you go to do another song or you learn how to apply a different effect your guitar your voice or you're learning about production like and all of that stuff you're learning about like just think about how much you've learned about producing video content in the past right. six months
1: stuff mm-hmm. I would have said you know I need to get these things before I can do this thing it's like no well let's just let's what do I have what do you have yeah how can I make it work and then like you know uh, Mm-hmm. kyle jones the guy who produced engineered and produced um the people versus white fudge album and also mixed uh, handlebars by the Flowbots, um who we worked with he got really into modular synthesizers some time ago and i went over to his house and he had just gotten all this stuff and he's like he kind of like thanks for a minute and he goes he goes it's kind of like a train set he's like you get the train set and then you're like You start, like, building out the track, and you're like, oh, but I need the general store, and then I need, you know, I need the water (laughs) tower, and I need the uh, da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, so you start adding all these pieces. So during the pandemic, I've just been, like, adding pieces to the train set and having fun playing with my train set.
0: It's cool to see the growth. I mean, you're really growing as an artist, you know?
1: Well, and a big part of the enjoyment is... I'm not focusing on how can I make this song work the best way. You know, how can I? You know, what do I want to say in this song? And da da da. I'm just appreciating it. It really is a music appreciation class for me. It's just more noise on the radio dial to to the average listener. But you know, to me in this moment, like when they wrote and they recorded it, it was like something that sprang from the well of inspiration for them. Like that's that's been a fun perspective to take on
0: go for the ward within don't expect the ward the the reward from without you know right like you're always you're not really let down (laughs) expectations I think that that can
2: kill you and that's why it's a good thing to do other things just than shows because you know if you don't know how a show's going to turn out you could have Promoted your ass off But then it ends up snowing or something So it's just like
1: Or five other shows are going on the same five
2: night Five other shows are going on Something A lot of things could happen I think uh, with that When you're more just into creating something Or just kind of in the idea of learning something cool There's really no expectation Attached to that though, right. Other than I'm going to learn this Or I'm going to come up with something cool You know
1: Right Yeah, yeah See where right. it goes Definitely Like are you writing a lot right now? I'm getting back into it and I've never
2: written a lot, but uh starting to change that a little bit, realizing you learn a little bit about discipline. Something I learned in my creative process is fuck motivation. It's about discipline. Right. But motivation. Motivation comes out of discipline. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely fucking right. You
1: do, you do it, it whether that. you want to or not.
2: Totally, and it's like I'm always glad. It's like I'm always glad that I did it. You know, I've gotten into doing some like sketch comedy writing stuff too, and I have it on my calendar tonight that I'm going to sit down and do do a do some writing for that. And I also now I'll put down like, hey, I'm going to try and do some songwriting too. That's what I found I really need. And it might be a little, you know, just dis- you have to force yourself. You got to turn off the uh, Netflix. There's so much good stuff on now and everything.
3: <laughs> or whatever. It's
2: a little tricky. But go up, do that for that designated amount of time, and then whatever comes out of that, you're a little more motivated to go do it again. Right. So yeah, I'm put. I'm thinking of uh, some new song, some new song ideas too. But also working just on my skills as a lead guitar player a lot. Right. I'm working on that. Uh, been. I've always been more of kind of a Keith Richards type player. I love, but now I'm trying to get a little bit more of that uh, Tony Iommi ness. Go a little bit faster. You know.
1: Cool. Very cool. Sort
2: of thing. So, yeah, hopefully uh, put out some new songs or redone old songs next year or something. We're trying to do uh, a stream of some sort. Uh, there's talks of doing one, but kind of in the position of putting together the putting the band back together again, seeing who's going to be on uh, guitar, second guitar for that one. But yeah, this ain't my first rodeo at this point, and it'll all fall
1: together somehow.
2: Right. No rush either, you know? (laughs) We were shooting for July, looking like like it might be August. That's fine.
1: That's the other thing is is we all have quite a bit of runway right now, creatively. Mm -hmm. You Uh, know, because as much as things seem very catastrophic and apocalyptic you know humanity will acclimate you know from the order will come from the chaos you know in a we'll reach we've reached a bifurcation point and we'll reorganize at a at a higher better more functional rate you know if if thermodynamics have taught us anything and so for the time being you know things will eventually restabilize in uh, this system we call existence. And uh, when it does, you know, we'll get back to it. We'll do whatever the new version, the new reality is of what we do, whatever the new normal is of, of how we do what we do. But for the time being, we've got a ton of runway to kind of rediscover who we are and fall back in love with the art form and um, and get our chops up. You know? I'm loving it, yeah. Like we have talked we've talked about the last few episodes, like everybody's everybody's wood shedding right now and and uh you know, that people are starting to organize um live streams in venues, which is oh, yeah. cool. Uh by the way, shout out to the Oriental Theater um Ooh. and Seventh Circle Music Collective uh, they're going to be hosting a series of streams back and forth um, where all the proceeds are going to go to benefit um, uh, independent venues and uh, I, I don't know if you saw the Oriental Theaters post today but big shout out to them um, I actually spoke to Andy Burkaw today uh, we had a nice conversation I love that dude very much but um uh, they were gathering exclusive content from artists to uh, to release to people in in support of uh, of some of the independent venues around, and they decided to uh, hold back on releasing that stuff because now it's just not the time to be like putting out good time music videos or asking people to support you know to support that specific cause because there's one cause that needs our attention right now and that is the cause of the 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 humans of humans yeah of yeah, of being better really human beings um, better human beings better americans better people yeah so the, i mean that's the focus right now but i um I did uh, provide—I used my video setup, and I said some words about the the Oriental Theater and what a great place it's been to us, and um, played a— a previously unreleased new ruckus song that's an original composition that I wrote. Um, I say composition, but it's like a three chord it's a three chord pop song that I wrote. It's a song it, It's a song. yeah, composition. It's an original composition. How many movements does this composition? Have? <laughs> well, I did drink some coffee, so I had one or two movements during uh, I don't know. the recording process. You can
2: hear it in the composition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, so you actually sent us over some stuff. Um, I did. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put your video, your lyric video for Grand Consolation. I'm going to put it. that up on the screen, and we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna play that for some people, and then um we'll come back after the video, and we'll uh, have some have some final thoughts but this is anything you want to say about the the video we're gonna play before I put it on and by the way, we have not done this yet where we've shared content so I, I, I hope that it works. Um, first. Oh, wow. yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be the first but is there anything that you want to say about the video before we get it going?
2: Oh uh, yes, it's a collaboration with my friend Mark Steckel, who I met at a, my former job. He's a more motion graphics guy. Turns out he's also a big music nut too. And I kind of first turned him on to mu- uh, lyric videos, and he thought it was really cool. So uh, yeah, we've still been in touch, and he worked on that for us. And yeah, the song "Grand Consolation," I think. Uh, More the COVID times, not the current other crisis period, but uh, it kind of—it's a song for really fitting that. It's about things that can, uh, kind of admitting things that are out of your control, but uh, focusing on those battles in our lives that we can win. As I say, you know, the war might be lost, but we'll win battles along the way.
1: Cool, awesome. Well, this is Grand Consolation by the Lollygags on the motherfucking podcast. That was a really cool lyric video, man.
2: Oh, thank you. Those are those are a lot of fun, man. People are doing uh, some really cool stuff with those nowadays. And they're easy to get out. because Well, I don't want to say easy because it depends on how you make it. But as uh, easy as far as you don't have to have all the band members present. There's no scheduling right. involved. Really. Right. Real, something you can really just sort of take your time on.
1: I've been thinking of doing one because um, when I talked to the label and we released uh, the Motion comic, our label had... In Germany, he was just like he was like people like music videos, or worst case, or a live video, or worst case scenario, a lyric video. But worst case, but nobody, <laughs> but nobody <laughs> knows what to think about a 20-minute motion comic where your music is like barely in it. You
0: know? You Are you it. on board with the vision or not,
1: man? <laughs> <laughs> let's take let's take a look and see. Let's take a look and see. What was what was said here? All right, let's see what here. Is he, what is he holding? Is he holding a Bible? So I've got I've got his his Twitter feed up on here. Don't understand. I will be delivering brief remarks from the Rose Garden at six thirty p.m. to update on the federal response. Have you found what people are talking about yet, Gordo? Is yeah, it is it the is it the, the live thing so, that he said?
0: It's he uh, calls protesters crimes against protest protest crimes against God. Yeah, like there I just saw uh, like a few tweets. It's like what just happened, and then like somebody said, did did the president just declare war on the American citizens? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what that means. Like I don't know.
1: Well, let's not amplify that dickhead signal anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not important. Let's let's talk about Jonathan's art. Glad you guys get it. No, I mean it's a great song. It's um, I mean it's a great message, and and the uh, lyric video looks slick as hell. What kind of um, what kind of response have you gotten on it?
2: Uh, you know, for the people who have seen it, they've all really liked it. Like, it's gotten attached to all the. Uh, articles and everything that it's been a part of and people really seem to be identifying with the song uh just what a lot of folks have been going through it's particularly from our generation but yeah the lyric video works looks great that's just uh what you get when you have a lot of that kind of professional experience that my friend mark has
1: and who and who is he i want to give him a shout out so people can look him up
2: yeah his name's mark steckel and i will hit him up he uh Killer guitar player too, huge rocker, big time rocker. He and I met uh, when I worked for our old job. We worked for a company that put advertisements on movie screens. Got it, they're doing nothing now. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, they're done. But uh, yeah, different time for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we met then realized we're both big uh, big rock fans. Stayed in touch. He actually did another lyric video for us, uh, for the song It's Up To Me, which you can also find on our YouTube channel. It was off the EP from a few years ago. But yeah, that dude's really good. And just and uh, I think it's a testament to the power of networking. That's something I've always loved about Jobs, about uh, when you start and you find out who the rockers are, you know? Right. Everybody's got to be there. One day you're kind of you're strolling by somebody's cube and you're just like, wait a is that a Jane's addiction poster? And then next right, thing, right, you know, right. You know, turns out that's how you make your friends and everything. So yeah, I got to kind of show the flag that were the rocker flag in the office place.
1: Sarah and I were talking about, about, um, Sarah and I were talking about, uh, shirt spotting today. Oh, nice. She and her brother, her brother is, uh, is Richie from Speedwolf and X slasher. And, uh, they're talking about how one of their favorite pastimes as siblings is t-shirt spotting, like, uh, you know, when you're when you go driving by somebody and you see they got a cool t-shirt on, it's like, well, oh, check it out, Paul Bearer shirt, oh, check it out, Iron Maiden shirt, oh, check it out, da 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 da, you know, like that's,
2: oh, when you connect with that, I mean, like, I remember. Uh, I had this job uh, where like, I was a transcriber a long time ago, transcriber for uh, reality TV shows. There's one producer, I always just kind of walk by in the hall and say hey. And then one day I wear my Jesus and Mary Chain shirt and he just stops and he's like, hell yeah, great album. And that's how we became friends. It's just like, I uh, don't know, it's absolutely true. I hope those rock shirts are a thing. When I wore my, uh, my Dead Milkman, my Chris Sherry Dead Milkman shirt, which uh, I know Josh Finley's got one of the uh, one of the hoodies that I wore that to yeah. the great American Beer Festival not even thinking I just threw it on and I'm not kidding I must have got stopped like 15 times for people to give me high fives
1: or take a picture. Well dead like milkmen fans are a special breed and there's very oh, few yeah. of us so when we see mm-hmm. someone else we're like dude oh! Da, da! oh awesome shirt sure. i got a free uh, a free drink and unfortunately i did i
2: just went for the soda because i was not feeling like drinking but on a southwest flight i wore it on and like the flight attendant he just stops and looks and his, his jaw drops he's like oh my god the dead milk man and he points out he's, i see him pointing out. it's like this guy this guy gets a free drink like, wow okay <laughs> dude i <laughs> used I've, to be wearing a shirt like that people would let you you wouldn't know what happen, but dude, you would
1: happen dude always like, wear your cool band shirts man i've i have given discounts and free drinks to countless people who are just wearing shirts of bands i like now they've got to deal with the fact that i'm going to come over and talk their fucking ear off after that the fact yeah like if, if anybody comes in if anybody comes in wearing a ween shirt or a faith no more shirt or um god yeah what are a couple of the other ones that, I, or an Iron Maiden shirt if somebody's ever oh, yeah. been wearing an Iron Maiden shirt like like I'll, I'll talk fucking Maiden with people all night I'll, you know did you go to this show did you go to this show oh my god they were so amazing remember when this happened dude those are those are some of the best bonds that you build with people man
2: that's how I connect, and I think now that's funny bringing up. Now it's more important than ever that we do that, just because as people are kind of getting disconnected, and we'll be back out there walking around doing social stuff eventually. But uh, just to make sure, you know, keep this this rock thing alive with music changing and all right. that. That you know, keep the enthusiasm going. That's the big thing—the enthusiasm gap that I think we got to keep that huge if we were to keep this thing going
1: you it's know? going it's going to really make me appreciate um, communal expressions of joy a lot more mm-hmm. yeah Because, you know, I've been really bad about shows throughout my life. I've been really, like, when I was super young, I was a drunk and a half, and I was either fucking around in the parking lot or at the show Wasted, and I don't remember half the shows I went to. And then as an adult, I've been really bad about attendance, uh, especially supporting local shows, and I can own up to that, that I've been really bad about that. And what this has really made me do is go, and not only that, like, the events of the last year have been really shitty, like, and um, you know, like whether it's it's funerals or just not being able to go to anything at all, or you know, having having some sort of, or you know, and a lot of people's uh cases you know having to go and having to go and protest the murder of an innocent man you know that's i mean i don't think anybody is thrilled to be doing that you know it's it's something that they feel duty bound to do so like when 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 we see some things rolling in the right direction and we see some things starting to ha- break through with the, the pandemic i i I'm really going to be looking forward to communal rituals of joy. Like going to shows, going to weddings. Like I'm like yeah. really I'm really excited about the possibility of going to a wedding or going to a water park or going to like
0: I got the other night my wife mentioned like a bonfire and I was like a
1: bonfire? Doesn't that sound fun?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> When's the last time I you can't. just got a Primarily stare into the flame. That sounds <laughs> I, so
0: I can't recall that I've ever like actively wished for a bonfire But man, it sure sounds,
1: it sounds so good right a now. barbecue sounds so good. Oh dude,
0: like incredible.
1: like a barbecue a shitty local show <laughs> Like just <laughs> any a local show any, yeah, any local show any show going any to the show. movies going to the oh, movies yeah. sounds amazing I mean, we were already
2: missing, and I ho- I wonder what's going to but like that sense of like laughing with a bunch of people in a movie theater.
1: God, Is I want to go to a comedy show.
2: Oh yeah, um, yeah. you know
1: I want to go to like I want to go to like Comedy Works and see a fucking like a, a headliner that that I love, or even a headliner that I mildly like, you know, and just going and laughing with people in a room. I can't fucking wait to do that, man.
2: Well, if things go according to plan, it looks like uh, the Oriental is still counting on having Doug Stanhope back. Are they? Good Lord. That guy, oh man. That'd be great. <laughs> we need to hear from that
1: guy. That'd be guy great. Um, I haven't seen his new special yet. I heard it was really good. I also uh, haven't gotten around to seeing the new Patton Oswalt special yet. I heard oh, that is really good. It's pretty yeah. good. Is it? Dude, so he was on He was on Skype on Joe Rogan and they had a conversation and, and I think... I don't know if it was in the thing, but he was hinting at some of his, you know, some of his bits during the conversation because the thing is called uh, I love everything. That's what it's called. Right. And does he make mention in the special about how he just he he doesn't hate anything anymore and he tries not to get plugged in like like he and he enjoys like, for example, he enjoys his hatred for Trump like a fine wine. Like he, you know, he's like, he's like, I have a sip now and then, you know, at dinner. And then that's all I allow myself to have, you know. And he actually said something that, um, and this popped into my mind because it's very relevant to the things we were talking about, about like destigmatizing ignorance and trying to understand how horrible things happen. Like, so what... It, <clears throat> I've argued with people who support the death penalty and my main argument against the death penalty is that those people can still provide a service. And that is that we can learn how they became the people that they are like how monsters become monsters. You know what I mean? And Pat, Matt and Oswald talked about this and he talked about it with relationship to Trump. And he said, he said, Trump is a monster but he grew up in a monster factory and, and Patton Oswalt goes on to talk about, it. he's like, and what I know from his upbringing, the research that I've done from him, he had a lifetime of systematic abuse and trauma and all kinds of crazy shit. And it's like, of course he turned out the way he did because of the environment in which he, he grew up and the con- the conditions that made him who he is. And, Whether or not he meant that to be highly profound, it really was for me because I began thinking about, you know, like, yeah, you know, there are people that aggravate us and that we don't like and that do things that we find to be uh, inhuman, but just destroying it and refusing to look at it without without considering the conditions that that form the how of who that person is is doing ourselves a disservice and i really hope that through everything that everyone is going through you know we we apply to the situation with these fucking cops and with our president, the same kind of curiosity that we would want to apply to this virus that is killing people, which is we want to study it and view it with curiosity and view it with with a desire for understanding so that we can prevent something like this from infecting us again. Does that make sense? That's or am true. I totally off my no, rock?
2: That, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. That's the best thing you can do with that. I mean, that's the uh the mind hunter strategy i
1: was like, dude i was totally thinking about mind hunter when i was talking about that too and
2: back then when people first start i mean i know that show is kind of slightly made up but uh when people started looking at that they're like why are you talking to these people and it's like well we want to learn so like <laughs> we could spot the
1: next one but yeah i mean, well, it's, a, I mean it's historical it's fiction at we'll call it historical yeah. fiction
2: we'll call it that but yeah that was around the Represent when the time when people started looking at that, but yeah, if there's anything to look at this, let's learn about uh the symptoms which brought on the, something like Trump or which could bring on the uh rioting and just powder keg that we've seen this country and our kid in our city become absolutely study it. And
1: well, and what know. creates what creates hatred at that kind of level? You know, what creates violence at that kind of level? What What is happening to people in their life that shapes them into being able to commit such a a horrendous act on another human being? You know, I would want to understand that I want to study it like a disease, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to see fucking social oncologists working round the clock to solve that problem.
2: Social oncology. I
1: like that. That's a new
2: new new field.
1: Yeah, new field
2: field to pursue
1: well hey um with that why don't we say we had a good podcast guys I think we had a
2: great podcast man it's a great conversation felt Fantastic. really good talking to you guys i hope it was good for uh people listening just because there's obviously being a lot on our chest and just a lot to say and so uh yeah felt good to get it out and just be social again too because we're yeah. getting back into that I've really realizing I've gotten a lot of relaxing done and all this good stuff we said is true. But, yeah, I'm realizing, though, also the effects of not getting out and just, uh, you know, being in contact with people, talking to folks the, like this.
1: Well, and you and I, I really it. haven't had a ton of a chance to really talk a lot. Um, yeah. Like we generally run into each other at shows and, and I mention this all the time but that's what I love about doing this show even though on my worst days I feel like it's a fucking a, a waste of time and a, and a futile errand you know it's after I come and do it and have the discipline to come and do it. Discipline man you know, it's like you sit down and you have a conversation with someone, and it goes really well, and and you get to talk through some things, and it and it feels good. It's therapeutic. Uh, everyone That's should so start weird. a podcast, or at least you know, get together and have a Skype meetup or a Zoom meetup with your friends, man. Um,
0: yeah, it's worth it. Have some human contact. Have some have some positive human contact with each other.
1: We need it's it now more than ever. We really
0: yeah. do.
2: Com- comments and likes aren't the same thing, yeah. Not at, know,
1: someone, not at not all. Not at all. Like, dude, I I feel just talking to you guys, I feel like a soothing balm has been applied to a horrible wound. It, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's still bleeding and and yeah, needs medical bleeding. attention and needs to be stitched up. But but we're all bleeding together. Yeah, exactly. and I, the bleeding. Doesn't feel as terrifying as it did two hours ago. So
2: I feel the same way. Well, we'll have to do it again, and hopefully next time we talk, we'll have some uh, happier circumstances, yeah. and different climate. You know, would love well, yeah, to. We
0: can actually all be in
2: the
1: same room. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Talk. There's that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You guys> don't, <laughs> you don't even do think so in terms talk. of that anymore. It's like what? <laughs>
1: what? Right. Right. Well, I I, I look forward in uh, to being in the same room as you guys. I look forward to seeing uh more stuff come out of your big smart talented brains and um fuck i he took a hit of the vape pen and so i completely Wiped my brain clean and <laughs> lost my train of thought. No, uh, no, I look forward to being in the same room with you guys. Um, I re- I really do, and I would love to have you back on the show, Jonathan. It's been great having it's you good. on. Let's uh, make
2: it happen. Well, let's all be in touch a lot more, and we will uh, do this or something else again soon.
1: Yeah, let's definitely do it. Everybody out there watching, listening, we love you. Take care of each other. Um, and in case you don't know. Black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter, no justice, no peace, man. Come on. Let's uh let's turn the fucking ship around and and uh and make some things right in the world. The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the International Power Rock Combo Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zielinski. All music except homie shout-outs and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, Follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys.